into a sea of pods, or, or, or to cast our pod into a sea of, uh, cast to the pods, except nobody, nobody has iPods really anymore, they're just in your phone, or, I don't know. Matt, this is your music is bad and you should feel bad. And this is how we're doing it now, maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, Rich and I went to a bunch more metal shows. Surprise. Uh, but don't worry, there'll be more exciting, uh, accessibly awful things like uh like our pitbull extravaganza which if you haven't heard it i think it's our best episode yet it's the last one episode 17 i think uh pitbull let the pit out the cage Dale. and uh we learned a lot it was really the kind of infotainment that we strive for so so check that one out, and also check this one out. And if you like them, subscribe on iTunes or yourmusicisbad.com. So we went to see Fate's Warning with Imminent Sonic Destruction and Next to None opening uh, on the tour. Uh, we saw the last show of the Symphony X Overkill tour, which also featured for one show, Sanctuary. So that was a great lineup uh, and right up our alley. So we also talk about a few other local random shows and other things and some tangents. And uh, it's really, really long. And I was going to chop it up into multiple episodes, but the appropriate chopping times were not there. And so uh, I said, forget it. Let's, you know, keep all the progressive metal uh, in one place. <laughs> and... Uh, so here it is. Oh yeah, so <laughs> that was the next show. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's the. We'll just go in order. It'll be yeah, funnier. Yeah. All right. So Other, I I'll get confused otherwise. All right. So we went to see. Uh, the headliner was Fate's Warning, uh, and. The opening bands were Next to None, which is Max Portnoy's band, which is Mike Portnoy's son. Mike Portnoy's the overplaying drummer from Dream Theater, for people who don't know. <laughs> yeah, and his son is the overplaying drummer from Next to None. <laughs> um, and uh, then, so then, uh, the next band uh, on the tour was Imminent Sonic Destruction. Uh, Wait, it was actually a tour? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, They I were thought... on the tour. Yeah, oh, what were they like? Were they? Play? Um, I mean, it was a short tour. It's a Fate's Warning tour, but they're like places you can drive to from Connecticut. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Um, yeah, I mean, I think. Uh, where else do they play? No, it's not important. I just didn't yeah. realize they were on tour. Yeah, well, yeah. We remember that on the like the last episode I was on. You were like, "Yeah, this Fate's Warning show on Tuesday." I was like, 
<laughs> right, really? right. Which I almost like, are we going? Like I I knew about it, but it was one of those ones where I was like, yeah, that's not gonna sell out. And so like, <laughs> as long as I remember before it happens, yeah. I can go. Uh, which I did. Uh, but yeah, I mean, good job. Uh, anyway, so, uh, so I guess like okay, next to none. I saw them last year. I saw that well, a few months ago, not last year. I saw them uh, open for Haken and uh, somebody else. Uh, and <laughs> awesome it was, show. Yeah, it was an awesome yeah. show. Uh, it was, I don't remember who played. I remember Haken and I remember them. I thought they were... Oh, I don't remember the other band. Probably because they were uh, terrible. Probably. Um, or I intentionally <laughs> skipped them. Be like, you've been spared my wrath because yeah. I forgot who <laughs> Right. Were. Yeah. No, sometimes it's just better if I forget that I saw you. Um, I mean, not that like, you know, we have huge sway or more than 15 people listening at a time. This is, uh, this is Matt, uh, actually coming out about his drinking problem. <laughs> He's like, I drink to forget. I don't remember. I don't remember. I, I tri- I'm, I'm driven to drink to forget. I go to so many bad shows. It haunts okay. my dreams. You should write a concept album about, it's like, it's like your country Frog album <laughs> about about my descent into alcoholism because of all the shows I went to. Of all the drinking to forget. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that should be on cash grab. <laughs> Call it drink to forget, but it's secretly about like shitty bands and stuff. It's about the rest of the album. <laughs> right. It's a vicious cycle. Right. You listen to the album, and then you listen to the album that you made, and then you and drink, drink to and forget then, that you made it, and then you forget, so you listen to it. And then, yeah. Um, all right. So next to none. Yeah. Th- I mean, they're all right. They're like, they're, they're a prog metal band and they're really like, you know, dream theater school prog metal uh, with, you know, a few little like. No, but they have like a major like core influence. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah Cause they're, they're like, like teenagers and like, kids. right. Yeah, and yeah, there's yeah. a little bit of that, like, like, and everyone under, 25 sings with at least a little bit of that emo thing to it you know like uh and so there's kind of that but i mean actually they're like their singer's not bad he's like the keyboard guy um but yeah it's kind of they all like could play right it's just that i thought the songs were really bad right yeah and i have a the the first note that i have on them is is this a different song question mark (laughs) because because right there was this point where you're just like Right, right. Couldn't. We were like, "Is this the?" Well, because it's it's again, it's Dream Theater style of Prague, and so well, like, even Dream Theater at points, if you don't know their material, you just be like, "Is is this a different song?" Right. Like, well, yeah, because because the songs are so disjointed. Right. Like you're like, this sounds different, but I don't know if that just means the song's really long or <laughs> like this is a new set of ideas. Right. Well, so the note that I have following that question though is, I don't know. It sucks the same. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. They like, I don't know. I don't really have. They, they were just. They're bad, but they weren't like offensively bad. There right, wasn't. Right. It was just like I'm not into yeah, this. Yeah, it was like uh, they're way into dream theater and some, but some other stuff too. But it was also I don't know. It kind of had that feeling like if one of the dudes in the band's dad wasn't famous, <laughs> they probably wouldn't have gotten this gig. Right. Right? Or Cause, or be on Inside Out. Right. I was gonna say they're signed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're well, on Inside, well, Inside Out. Out. But I mean. I mean, it's it is signed, but it's also like yeah, yeah. signed by those dudes who probably don't have a ton of money or whatever. But yeah, uh, I don't know what you get in terms of what you get is on support. a Fate's Warning tour. Hey man, I think sign me up. Well, and the first time I saw him opening for Haken, um, who's also on Inside Out, uh, 
I, I Portnoy was Mike Portnoy was there. Jordan Rudess was there. It was like you know Uncle Dream Theater showed up to be oh, it was like, like your parents came job. to your gig. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, but at the time, I heard that like like Portnoy was was on that whole tour, so I just assumed he was like chaperoning, <laughs> and uh, because he would come out and play with Haken for a song or something, and it was like, yeah. but not his son's band. Well, I mean, he's the drummer, so I guess he couldn't come out and like kick his kid off the drum kit. I mean, he could, he but could, that but would it be pretty really, embarrassing. Right. His kid would probably be like, really don't help, Dad. Don't yeah. help. <laughs> like, Well, no. The, so the old, I don't know if you remember the 36 rules for bands. It, and um, my favorite was like, uh, the drummer can either wear gloves or not wear a shirt, but not both. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. but one of them was, it's not a soccer game. You got to tell your parents to stop coming to your gigs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. But how old are they actually? Do uh, we know? I mean, they're they're like I want to say late teens. Like okay. they're not. No, that's that's sufficient. Ballpark. I'm pretty sure they're under eighteen. Okay, well, over, uh, in oh, ge- really? In general, because because it's pertinent to my next note, which is they had a uh, the drum kit was so first of all it was to the side. We showed up and the drum kit's off to the side, and I was like, oh, is this one of those deals where like they're trying to feature the drummer? So instead of having him in the back of the stage, like always, oh, he's off to the side. No, that's actually just how they were set up because they wanted to have Fates Warnings kit set up early because the next band did the same thing. But the other thing about the drum kit was um, he had a he had a Slipknot style beer keg that had graffiti on it. Which I'm not really I'm not really sure what any of this was about. I also didn't notice like I didn't notice that there was a beer keg until I saw it. Like I didn't hear it, so I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. I was just kind of like, is this what what is this about? I don't yeah. Know. I I don't know what that was about. Well, and and yeah, we were talking about that the show like <laughs> is like uh yeah, um so Portnoy seemed to be uh chaperoning the last tour, but I don't think I saw him there at this one. So I no, guess this I didn't time see he him. was like, all right. Last one was fun, but you kids are on. Or, or they were like, "Dad, can you not come on the next tour?" Because <laughs> or they made him hang out in the bus. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "I've seen you guys enough times. I'm gonna hang out in the bus." Dad, can you just like wait on the bus this time? I don't need you to like come out and play drums better than me, uh, or mostly the same as me, because uh, he sounds a lot like, like Mike. Um, but oh, the uh, the only other note I had for them was that, uh, like there was one point where they totally sounded like they were doing like Portnoy's like shout vocals from like <laughs> right before he left dream theater see the thing was i had already stopped listening to dream theater right. at that point so i don't even know what those right. sound but that like was, that was one of the things where like when he when he left I, one of the things i was like well i'm not gonna miss his like <laughs> like you know he listened to pantera a bunch and then wants to yell in the back uh he's of songs. A tough guy. right and so they did that on one song and i was like so did your dad tell you that that was cool <laughs> like maybe on the album he Mike does it, and then oh, and so maybe. then they're just maybe doing the live guest shouting. The guest shout. He probably uh, he probably produced their album or whatever. Like he probably yeah. That seems like one of those things that people who aren't qualified to do like to do. Yeah, produce stuff. Yeah. Anyway, so next to none, that was pretty much their deal. Yeah, uh, they were they weren't really exceptional or remarkable. They were just kind of there. Then. Oh, I can't decide which one to use. 
It really we should have done the whole list and then like prioritize. <laughs> I'm just going. Them. No, I'm just going now. Okay, I'm just going in order because I'm telling you, I can't. My think first that one quick. is like the most insulting though. Fine, then I'll go first. All right. You okay. Go first. So all right, all right. So we got to talk about uh, intimate sunning deduction. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if you're not familiar with them, which you're probably not, <laughs> uh, they're from Michigan, and. Uh, I want to say Detroit, but maybe just like near Detroit or something. I, don't, I have I don't no know. idea. I, I don't know. Uh, but uh, like I know, like I'm, I'm Facebook friends with their singer with the with the sweater vest. Yeah, with sweater vest. Uh, Tony. He yeah. So so he wears a sweater vest. I gotta. I gotta, let me talk about this. Yeah, because, go for it. Because, because I don't really have a well. Because I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know about this. Right. I didn't know about this, and I showed up, and you're like, oh yeah, he dude wears a sweater vest, and they at the merch table they had a t-shirt. Yeah, that is like you're wearing an argyle sweater vest. Yeah, but then he gets on stage, and it's not like a crazy argyle. It's just sweater like vest. a yellow. It's just sweater vest. right. It's just a sweater vest <laughs> right. that like any old dude might wear at Christmas. Yeah, you know? and so so first first of all, I was already like this is dumb, and then they get up there, and I'm like. You're letting me down on the thing that's already dumb. <laughs> You're doing a bad job of your dumb hooky thing. So, so yeah, that was super disappointing. And that, and I just, I don't know. I kind of want to know what made him think to do this. Yeah. But I kind of don't. Yeah. It's just like I. So I all I know because like I said, I'm friends with him on Facebook, and so sometimes I will uh, pay attention to people's Facebooks. Um, he because he's posted about it and you know he posts a lot of uh i think i when i first heard of him i liked the band on facebook too so i see their posts and yeah i never saw any real explanation for it i feel like the t-shirt i feel like he used to actually have an argyle sweater because again that it does weirdly like work better for like the kind of get, like i get it right you're trying to be like whatever like this is a nerdy thing but i'm in a metal band and fuck you i'm just you know what i mean like it's kind of like yeah. Uh, just kind of lean into it kind of thing but it would have been funny if he was wearing like leather or spandex pants or something though it like, also would have been but he was just wearing jeans better like if anyone else in the band was remotely participating in yeah. this thing right. right it was like it was like some old dudes who have a band and then the guy who comes to change the toner in the copy machine of your <laughs> office he was he was the lead singer <laughs> right well and again it's again it's like it, it would almost work better if it was a whole band of dudes in sweater vests and if they found some other reason for it other than just like by the way i'm wearing a sweater vest yeah no it was very um seventh wonder ish yeah with that yeah. like yo let's all dress up like we have office jobs <laughs> yeah uh well the other weird thing is like uh i mean it to me it fits with a theme with this band which is like <laughs> that they're, so bad. That they're not good. No, that, well, they, no, it's the whole like, uh, like we're nerdy, but we're still like cool kind of thing. Like we're trying to be like. I got zero well, indications no, okay, it's that like, they were cool. Well, let me start with not that they're actually cool, but that they think they're cool. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like they're, they're cooler than band. the other dudes that they have office jobs with, well, or at least they think they are. Okay. The right. point being, like, okay, let's start with the the band's name, Imminent Sonic Destruction. That sounds like a band name you come up with when you're like, let's start a metal band. What's the toughest metal name band name we could come up with? Well, let's tell, like, just make it about how we're going to, like, melt everybody. Because he also does a lot of, one of those people that posts a lot about, like, melting people's faces and shit. And that, they even had, like, I think a t-shirt that had a, some phrase about, oh, no, they were posting about the tour as, like, the Your Face Will Grow Back tour or something like that. Because they're going to melt it off so hard. 
I guess. Uh, but right. So it kind of, it flows with that. Right. Yeah. But again, like it's one of those things where like you put the cart before the horse and you're like, talk about how cool we are, imminent sonic destruction. And then you're like, all right, let's see what this is about. And it's true. And you're just like, I wasn't oh. like, let's, let's see. They well, just happened no, to but, be on a bill. Well, I've heard from no, the well, show I've, I was going to. The first time I heard them is they were on a pain of salvation tour. And this was one of those shows where I didn't yet have a podcast. So I was like, <laughs> let me show up when all the other bands are done. I don't care about any other bands. Uh, I heard they, I showed up before like, you'd chosen a life of uh, suffering. Right. Before I had like completely committed. I feel to like there's some, as a way of there's life. some, uh, you know, religious allegory here. About oh yeah. How you've totally. taken on. Oh, right. Oh, no, no, I have no, taken on very, the musical sins no, of the world. It's very, uh, it's very, uh, <laughs> Knights of the round table. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... I don't know. I mean, I could have done without uh, Innocent Slumming Dysfunction. Yeah, I mean, uh, interesting song decisions. <laughs> that one almost sounds too much like uh, it's part of the concept. <laughs> um, no, so, uh, yeah, okay, so, like, the thing is, I saw one one song of theirs at Pain of Salvation, and I've heard a little bit of their, like, recorded stuff, and it comes across a little better, but, like, I don't know, it's just the they're so, one of those bands they're like they oh the okay let me there's there's three levels to the weird nerdiness right there's okay. the actual band name right there's the sweater vest yeah doesn't it all tie into the other thing and then um there's the fact that they made up their own subgenre name which oh, is I forgot about that uh progressive super metal super metal which is a like I would be all like weirdly grammatical about it and say, shouldn't it be like super progressive metal? Because progressive metal is already a thing. And but it's then a, you'd it's be falling into their trap. But it's all right. But also, nerdy. but also, super is a word that it's not a it's not a descriptor, right? It's a model. It makes it's like it's more. It's super, but it's like that's not a thing, because if it was, it would be spiral architect. Yeah. And oh, dude, that's not what that's called. So, uh, and on top of that. There's I I can't figure why is it super because it's no, not it's very progressive no, right 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 it's if anything it's very prog and they're not very good uh my re initial reaction was when when they first started it was like this sort of half spoken half singing thing yeah and I was like okay is this like the weird intro where there's exposition or whatever and then I was like no he just can't sing very well <laughs> that's yeah yeah that's unfortunate uh I don't know yeah and then just like the whole they had the same they it was one of these deals so you know all these prog bands in the 90s right they had uh this was like before cpu speed was cheap so yeah. you had your sounds what sounds you played with was dictated by what keyboard you owned right <laughs> yeah and these guys were like still living in that era i was like every sound i'd heard on either a dream theater or a mad sword album yeah well and it's uh, like that they had like that korg yeah triton or whatever that like oh yeah, yeah i didn't yeah. even see what keyboard he was playing but that's what it sounded like yeah um they posted something about like they were they were actually uh selling an old keyboard and they got it they were getting a new one or something for the tour but i don't remember what it was and i tell the difference um well, okay so another thing is like yeah they're the one of these they're they want to be prog but like they'll go for like five minutes of a song that's at least five minutes too long 
just like kind of either straight up in like four four or six eight or something and then there'll be like four measures of like trying really really hard to be as complicated as possible yeah like like we just strung together a bunch of like time signatures to make this part really and then back to like straight but not straight the thing is so as as acutely bad of a songwriting decision as that is yeah they weren't they weren't even good at that so it wasn't you weren't even impressed you were just like don't play outside right. your ability right yeah you were like we what what what, what was why that why are you trying to do this now it like, just, <laughs> yeah you just sound like they were messing up and the, and with the harmonized vocals too yeah like it, because oh, yeah, yeah. they I couldn't had... they couldn't sing and then there was like you know what cures a bad singer two bad singers right he was like, frequently out of tune with the harmony yeah it was really bad and the harmony was actually in tune but I, then he would be out of tune I, with the harmony. I couldn't tell. You were paying more attention than I was. Um, I, I was tuned out of immediate slimming direction. Yeah. I mean, the other thing, like I said, they, 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 they were on a POS tour, and I know that they're, they're fans. And so I wasn't surprised that, like, yeah, all the, like, trying to be complicated parts uh, of intermittent sleeping disorder were uh, either, like, dream theater or, like, pain of salvation sounding stuff. Um Oh yeah, and uh, the guitars. I'm pretty sure they were playing Pod Pros because I saw a rack with two Pod Pros in it, okay. and I could tell because the guitar tone was so I, I couldn't hear it most of the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now there was uh, there was this one weird thing where I think like one of the PA speakers kept going out because when Fate's Warning was playing, I kept hearing like one of the guitars like the it would like you could, I could still hear the guitar yeah but like the top end would kind of cut off like I, I, kept, oh. I was literally watching this one speaker's light go on and off and trying to tell if <laughs> I could hear the difference and I think I did I think this is one speaker was like set to like the top part of the crossover or something and sure. I kept right, losing right. like high yeah, end yeah. on the right guitar but that was Fate's Warning when I could actually hear the guitars and you knew what they were supposed to sound right, like right but in innocent in a uh, intriguing sword dancing uh it was it was just like I couldn't hear it most of the time, and that's because it's a pod. But again, that's like, well, work for pain and salvation. It's like, yeah, against all reasonable odds, <laughs> pods work for pain and salvation. Well, no, but and Meshuga. Well, no, point, that's but, the thing. Meshuga and and Ola, like he, he, I don't know if he's done recently, but um, he's had a few things where like he would record crap with the pod and then the axe or whatever. Well, Ola the now owns was, like everything, right? But that's the deal. It's like if you know. If you know how to dial it in, and it's one of those deals, right, where where it's like if you have expensive gear, right, it's like it's not going to make you sound good. Yeah. The same deals with programmable gear. If you don't know how to do it, or you don't understand what is a good or a bad sound, yeah, like you're not going to stumble upon the good sound. That's right. just how it is. It sounds bad. Yeah. And immigrant soonest destination, like definitely <laughs> did not stumble upon it. Yeah. Well, and on top of that, like. You know, at least like an axe effects or something, you've got presets which are pretty. Yeah, like, and you can download. I guess you can use someone else's presets, but again, like it's one of those deals like we talked about with the axe. You know, you download Bulb's preset, and you're like, yeah, this uh, this doesn't, this is not the sound I want, right? <laughs> yeah, but but yeah. but you and I have the the discerning ability to know that, but a lot of yeah. these bands just don't. So like just get a 5150 and yeah. just turn it up all the way. Oh, yeah. If you don't know what you're doing, kids, right. <laughs> just here's some advice. If you don't know what you're doing, just get a 5150 and turn it up all the way. Yeah. You'll be close. That's good advice. I, like, honestly, like, I mean, like, a decade ago, my whole thing was, like, just get a tube amp. But there's a lot of crappy tube amps now. And there's a lot of tube amps that uh, just not, 
as good. So it should it should just be a fifty one fifty. When they're for the blues lawyers. Yeah, exactly. They got that sweet three thousand dollar mojo. <laughs> be like, it'll cost you more than an XFX, and you'll get one okay tone. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So I do have I have more notes. I have more notes as well. For they... infidelity suspicions dismissed. Um So for one thing, the, the sweater vest kept reminding me of that Oakley Dokley band. Uh, oh which yeah. Granted, uh I for mean For people who don't know, that's the Ned Flanders metal yeah. band. And we, we talked about them on the the gimmick metal your your gimmick is bad and you should feel bad episode eight. Um and granted, you know, ISD has been around uh, longer than them. Uh, what I meant was inquisitive stoic demeanor has been around longer than them. And so I'm not like blaming them for this, but the whole look too closely resembles the Ned Flanders look like the, the like collar coming out of a, a, a sweater, even though it's not, I mean, it's, it's still too much of like, they're actually not, they're actually less terrible than that band though. Oh, yeah, but, oh definitely really no they're really bad they were like why am i that we, we talked about them on that episode and we were like why are we even uh bless you talking about this right now because it's so don't you dare bless me man don't Sorry. you assume things Sorry. about me and my heritage no no that's part of my uh my my suffering through music religion that i'm starting oh, oh sweet bless you uh it's so like, it's like if somebody says you know like uh uh you know uh we were at the overkill show and we stayed through overkill like, oh bless you <laughs> for you need blessings when you have <laughs> suffered through such the uh difficult musical adversity. so a job i recently interviewed for they were like you get three religious days regardless just, you know, to be fair to everyone. So, you know, and the, like he said, so some some people, you know, they have like this like hipster religion thing, whatever. And I thought he was going to talk. I thought he was going to say the flying spaghetti monster, you yeah. know, but I don't. He was like, no, they, it was something they made up. I was like, oh. Huh. Like, Is it the are, are there, general worship of irony? I don't know. Are there tax benefits? <laughs> that's, that's my main question. No, you got to work for that shit. You gotta, you gotta, uh, if you're clearly a cult, then you gotta go the Scientology route and, uh, coerce people into... And make it yacht? Yeah. <laughs> sea Org. Org. Oh, man. I so... That's just begging to be a concept album. It, yacht Rock it, it, but it already is. What do you mean it is? It does, or I told you, I sent you the This Exists stuff. Where they had like the oh right 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 well yeah well he made a Scientology like smooth jazz album <laughs> there's still room right there's still room doing, right there's still room to right. do more stuff I'm just right. saying there's still room for a Sea Org <laughs> concept album it's just clearly uh, it's yeah. fertile ground it's fertile it's ground just, it's been tilled a little bit right. already well and it's not as like because I mean also uh, like uh, I saw random we're not going to discuss this show much because it was just good but i yeah. went to see project object which is uh the older zappa tribute act not the one not zappa plays zappa which has a zappa in it but it's a smaller but but a lot of the dudes have either been in zappa's band or like somehow related and anyway the point is uh they did token in my extreme which is like zappa's l ron hubbard parody song <laughs> yeah. where he it's about the church of Appliantology. uh Anyway, uh, anyway, back to intoxicant supplement defecation. Right. So here's the here's the thing. Like, I actually had no idea how many songs they played. 
Oh because yeah, it was I just know. well, and I realized this when he goes. He says something like, "Oh, this is the last song or whatever," right. and and so then they're playing it, and then it was really funny because they they there's like a break in the song, like they stop, and some people started clapping, but that wasn't the end of the song, and then they like just keep going, and I yeah, I personally was pretty disappointed. I, I know I know that song by name because I've heard it before. Oh. It's called Breaking Through, and it's yeah, it's a long. It's like I. I don't know if it's 20 minutes, but it's at least oh, 10 minutes. Geez. It's a long ass song. And yeah, they're like, oh, this is our last song. And uh, it's like, this is probably not the best one to close with. Um, yeah. And it has a long, like, leave them wanting more. A long, like, qu- like quiet, like calm section in the middle or whatever. And uh, yeah. So let's see. Uh, we got to talk about the banter. Inquisitive, stoic demeanor. Uh, yeah. What was, oh, oh that's right. The, uh, the Devin. <laughs> moment right so like at one point it's uh, among other like i'm trying to sound like my heroes and it's not working <laughs> moments he at one point he just yells i ripped my pants lifting something heavy cool and i was like did devin townsend come in the back like while you were playing and steal your microphone uh but no, no and again just... it was like okay so you so once during your show you're gonna yell like like yell at devin townsend like nonsense thing like at least he does it the whole time so you know what you're getting yeah, uh, and then, but didn't they plug? I feel like were did they plug the fact that Next to None had CDs for sale? They might have. Like somebody, I, I feel like somebody did because I wrote it down. So somebody other than Next to None, you mean? I feel yeah because was like we have C- and, like they and, have CDs. No, because it was like it was one of those deals where they're like, um, uh, you know, it's like give it up for the other bands or whatever. You know, they always do. They're like, thanks for. Yeah, so and yeah. so having us whatever and he's like and they're next to none cds for sale and i was like what's the cd <laughs> yeah. oh like, yeah yeah, and I, yeah. Go, and I go next to none accurately describes my interest level <laughs> purchasing <laughs> CD. yeah and i think that's about when i wrote down uh or during the lo- the last song where i was like what's the saying always make sure they don't want more make sure they've had enough what is <laughs> yeah. how does that go <laughs> leave them leave them wanting more yeah. Yeah, because I wrote down that, that that last song had a lot of slow, sleepy parts. Yeah, they're, uh, you know, immigrants' shame defecation is definitely not uh, Saxon. <laughs> yeah, not Saxon. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's about all I have for interminable slovenly derision. <laughs> um, but we could also, let's see. Yeah, I don't know. I was I was so glad when Imminent cystic eruption was was done yeah because then they played wasp between the sets <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that was sort of that was one of the highlights <laughs> yeah. i was like is this a wasp which uh did i say indefinite strangling decisions yet <laughs> now i just want to like say the other ones on my list because i have nothing else to say about the band we, we can just go down just edit them through incessant shredding decision uh imperial sweeping division Impotent sayings, Deluvian. Impertinent Slavic diplomats. <laughs> Arrogant syndrome detection. <laughs> I think that's about all I got. I got two more. Omniscient Seamus seduction. <laughs> and and obvious sodomy instruction. <laughs> <laughs> so I also have a collection of other random words that like Yeah, I had like some started in, ones. but I didn't yeah. complete. Um. Oh, 
Yeah, oh, I totally forgot. Okay, I got more comments. I got, oh shit, I have a bunch more. I, we should talk about this. All right. Sorry. So, Go for it. <laughs> um, the bass player sprayed his armpits after soundcheck. <laughs> okay. I don't even remember that. Okay. <laughs> and then, um, no, my comment when we were watching the set, because this was on a Tuesday, this show was on a Tuesday night. Yeah. Is I go, I'm missing Donald Trump live tweet the Democratic debate. For this. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and then and then the other piece of banner he had was he goes, you guys here for fate's warning, right? And I was like, you're damn right we are. Uh, and uh, that was also when I noticed that once again, we very well may have been the youngest people at that show. You think so? I mean, there, well, there well, was like that one dude. Next to none. <laughs> not counting the other bands, and then that one dude. Yeah. Um. And then, oh yeah, and then they had, uh, oh okay, then that last song, that super long one, was like it was sort of like their power ballad too. Yeah. Right. That was super weird. But then, okay, so then after their set during when we were listening to all the Wasp. Uh, he, they, they like, so if you haven't been to St. Vitus, it's this, um, it's this bar in, in Brooklyn, like in Greenpoint, like almost to the bridge to Long Island city. And there's no backstage really. There's, it, it's basically the stage. You have to walk oh, yeah. through the crowd to get to the stage. And so when they loaded out after their set, they're just carrying their stuff through, which everyone has to do. But they had those on stage racks for their guitars and basses. Yeah. And they just were like carrying them like totally exposed, like six guitars at a time. Like this is an accident waiting to happen. Yeah, that it explains super weird. That explains why I wrote down pro tip guitar cases. <laughs> I was like, why did I write that? <laughs> well, that, that's why. Yeah, they, yeah, because they should have gotten some. Yeah. It was it was weird. Yeah, that was all right. Anything else for? Oh man, I said all mine. Damn it. Uh, uh yeah. So I guess <laughs> for in intimidate. Yeah, Dominic def deflection. <laughs> <laughs> the the only I only wrote like a couple of things for Fate's Warning. Uh, yeah, because they were awesome. Yeah, it was pretty much. The, the right at the beginning I, so i do have a couple notes and one's right at the beginning so they they did that thing where they opened with like a, a recording right and so we like we're standing there in the dark to listen to this recording and then the band has to walk through the crowd <laughs> like it was a really bad logistical decision because if they had just like gotten up on stage it would have been fine. Or if they had they not started with this recording. But they start, so we all know, like, oh, hey, the show is starting. And everybody yeah. walks in. And then they're like, all right, but kind of move out of the way so we can <laughs> walk me. through you and get Excuse to me. the stage while we carry our instruments. <laughs> yeah, it was it was weird. Um, but no, this no, this was awesome because so uh, every Fate's Warning. So Fate's Warning was my favorite band for like years. And every Fate's Warning show I've been to has been awful. So again, that's why I was like, well, either it'll be good or it'll be highly podcastable. Yeah. And uh it was it was awesome. The they sounded great. The set list was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Uh I have I do have one note about that. 
um and especially for like a tuesday right i mean it was it was it was the best thing i could have done with my tuesday <laughs> um but they're right so the so the one the one gripe i have about the set list so oh so i guess we should i should talk about so they played like i was saying the set list was awesome they played a bunch of stuff off pleasant shade of gray they played stuff off perfect symmetry parallels they played stuff off um what's the what's the one with monument you know the really oh one. yeah uh it's not called islands in the stream that's the that's the song <laughs> no it's uh See, you don't even Fuck. remember. Yeah, it's like it's so Inside unremarkable. Out. Inside Out. Oh, the uh, one that's named after the right. label. And they played Monument and Pale Fire, right? Yeah, so even like those songs, you're just like, eh, whatever. Pale Fire but, is like, just, it sounds like you wanted to write another song off Parallels. Or you were trying to be on the radio. I don't right. know. Right, well, it I mean, was, like you're trying to do like eye to eye or point of view, but make it even more commercially acceptable. Yeah, I don't know. That's It's just a lame song, but the yeah. but it's not offensively bad. Right. So. Uh, and then they played they played part of um, Ivory Gated Dreams even like it was it yeah. was amazing that was amazing they didn't play any John Arch stuff but that's probably in anticipation of next year yeah. only playing John Arch <laughs> yeah. stuff so so they usually don't so the thing was so they're so the set's awesome like they're they're playing all of this great stuff they sound great Ray sounds pretty good you know he's not trying to go for anything that he can't do and it's between songs and like they're regrouping for a second and this dude yells out he goes. Anything you play, we will love. And then they played one. <laughs> and I'm just like, no. Blame that guy. What's that guy? That's for? clearly not true. That was like the low point of the set is yeah. they played one. And I was just like, eh. um, but yeah, aside from that, though, it was super awesome. So I have, I, I can't, I can't harp on them. It was easily the best Fates Warning show I ever yeah, saw. I, I just wrote down that uh, when they were closing out and they were playing the 11th hour, there was some girl sitting down in the corner asleep. Oh, yeah. It's like, I like really looked back and saw that right as he's singing, like, I know it's getting late, but yeah. I was like, I know it's getting late, but, but this uh, is a pretty awesome song. You should wake up for it. You should maybe watch this set because yeah. otherwise, why are you here? Oh, and that, that, that fucking, um, that one little PA thing I kept thinking I may or may not be hearing was definitely happening during that song because I couldn't hear the like what I think is one of the coolest riffs ever from that song where it, it like kicks in and it's like like I couldn't hear that riff you know I could hear the, everything else like the right. under it it's supposed to just be that riff and you're like oh fuck now it's gonna get in and then everything else comes in and I couldn't hear that fucking riff and I was like staring at that PA speaker <laughs> like god damn it you hear the one fucking riff but uh no it was a really good show otherwise I mean I saw them the last time they came by at uh Mr. Hall and it was pretty pretty similar it was the same other dude on guitar uh and see i went to that show similar in, set list too. i went to that show in chicago or more accurately joliet illinois oh yeah and it was awful uh, they were yeah. terrible and ray sounded like crap uh, and uh and going to joliet's terrible and it takes forever it was it was the last time i ever went to joliet yeah. and yeah i was i was just super disappointed yeah i mean ray seems oh to... and they oversold the show like a bunch of people didn't get in oh man yeah i mean it seems like with ray it's kind of a luck of the draw thing sometimes sometimes you just catch him on a really good night well, really does he still night. smoke probably yeah as far as i know i mean i haven't probably seen any sign that he's that he's not that he's suddenly like just like pulling out amazing things or whatever um but 
but he sounded good and it was a good set list. Uh, yeah, I don't really have anything else for that show. Oh, the only other thing that you reminded me of, cause it was on like a Tuesday or whatever. When I, the other night when I went to see project object, um, I, I basically made a point to go cause Ike Willis, uh, was with them and, Oh, I think he might always be with him, but they like bill him because he sang a lead on a lot of Zappa stuff, yeah, including Joe's Garage, which they played like four or five tracks off of, which is <laughs> awesome. But uh, he kept wanting to say like, "Thanks for coming out on a school night," and then they kept being like, "Like it's Saturday," <laughs> <laughs> so somebody was like. Uh, "A Sunday school night," <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, let's yes. go with that. It's a Sunday school night." Yeah, the highly religious crowd that comes to Zappa shows. <laughs> yeah, seriously, very observant. It was it was interesting because it was like uh, the ticket was general admission, but they basically there was two types of tickets. There was like the VIP, which was really just like the front row of tables. It was like a, a, like set up like a, it's a new venue. Apparently, it was the hall at MP in Brooklyn. It's uh, like some restaurant, and then there's also a venue in it. Where is it? Like in Williamsburg? It's like yeah, it's like right off the Bedford. Uh, a few blocks up oh it's uh north yeah, yeah oh okay yeah i'm in there um i think it's i think i heard it's new uh and it, it looks nice it looks new but it's like you go downstairs there's a bunch of tables and the thing is if you have a general admission ticket they seat you whatever's open when you get there i got there pretty early but the point is like i was like i don't care where i sit because i'm by myself so i'm gonna sit in with some randos one way or the other so yeah you end up sitting with some randos which was fine but uh it was an interesting crowd. It was definitely a little older crowd, which I wasn't surprised by, because, I mean, Zappa's been dead for over 20 years. If I had to guess, I would say a lot of gray ponytails. A few, a few. Okay. Not as many as you'd think. I think they, well, think. they may have passed the ponytail phase. They may have just gotten to the oh, they're age just, just like, yeah, they're just like, <laughs> uh, yeah, forget it, or, or wear a hat or something. Um, but it was really, it was, uh, wear your hat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wear your hat. (laughs) Little, little different crowd. Um, yeah, I watched, uh, Fear of the Black Hat again the other night, by the way. Greatest movie of all time. It's my favorite movie. It's it's so good. For anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, uh, if you like Spinal Tap. Yeah, it's like the the rap Spinal Tap. The Spinal Tap of 90s hip hop. Yeah. There was it's uh, amazing. Yeah, there's also I mean that other there's one other uh what's it called CB4 CB4, CB4. but it's way better than CB4. Yeah, it is. CB4 it is. is good, but yeah, Fear of the Black Hat is the, my yeah. favorite movie ever. Fear of the Black Hat it's it, it, so funny. It's also like just clearly not like super high budget. Like it's clearly like Oh wait, no, right, no one in it was ever like in anything else. You know who was though? Is the one of the three dudes was on that show Chuck a few years ago as like the manager oh, of the Best Buy. Oh, that NBC show? Yeah, yeah. Okay, see, I never, I never want to watch that He got that a lot show. bigger, and, that was, and I only know because I watched that show <laughs> for a while, and then I saw him in this, I'm like, oh, shit. He's, uh... 20 years later. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was uh, on one episode of an NBC no, he, sitcom. he was regularly on it for a oh. while, but I wouldn't have known he was in that. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, between, the, if those are the two things that you've known him from, you're like, what? Because he, he's a been, manager. <laughs> yeah, it's like, he's, what have you been doing His character is, like, his character is built around the fact that he eats a lot of sandwiches. Like, that's part of his character he's, a, he's called big mike he eats a lot of subway sandwiches that's the joke he's like the manager and although if you ever worked at a best buy it's like then it's, it's pretty it's true funnier. To life. yeah yeah his 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 level of indifference or whatever like uh but I, yeah I, I i didn't know he was in this but yeah it was the whole thing about like 
<laughs> we gotta have the hats. <laughs> That's <laughs> uh. <laughs> if we don't have our hats, whole different set. <laughs> yeah. That's a fantastic movie. Um, oh, and like you, I, I partially watched it again because you had just talked about the whole like the acronym where he like everything he explains politically. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like P U S S Y. Yeah, and like Nina Blackburn goes. Now, Ice, you like to claim that the band's songs or the group's songs have a uh, political meaning behind them. She's like, "How do you explain P U S S Y?" Oh yeah, well, <laughs> and he's like, and he makes an acronym out of it. Yeah. It's like political unrest, stabilize society. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Um, all right, should we talk about the Symphony X show? Oh, we should. But, for, we but, should but, talk about. But first, we need to talk about what happened before the show, <laughs> right? So after I told Matt to meet me at the wrong corner because oh, yeah, yeah. because I forget things that like Columbus Circle is on Eighth Avenue and not Seventh Avenue. Yeah. Uh. So so I'm like, okay, there's like two places over here we can go eat, and there's some Mexican joint, and he's like, yeah, that sounds good. So we go to Mamacita Bar and Grill, and so okay, we we get there, and they they sit us down at this table. It's just, it's a tiny, it's a New York City restaurant, right? Like everything is crammed together. Like if you wanted to, you could hear the conversation of every table near you because it's New York City and things are just crammed in like that. They sit us down at this two person table, like right in the middle of all these other tables. And so there's people at the table behind me, the table to the right of me, the table to the left of me. And there's no one at the table in front of me, which is behind Matt. And the dude comes over and he's like, oh, I get like, uh, let me let me just move your tables to give you guys some more room. <laughs> and he proceeds to move our table to the point that I'm like, I at this point, I when we're done moving, I can't move my chair back to get out because I would hit the people behind me. <laughs> they moved us away from the table that no one was at. And, okay? and, and the entire time we were there, no one ever sat at that table. Right. And, and it was so great. I feel like there was sort of this air of like, well, a whole bunch of people are going to show up and sit, sit at this table. table. So you need to be really but, uncomfortable. Right. But that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Right. So it was just like, so I don't know if it was to make me uncomfortable, the people behind us, but then I feel like it was to make me uncomfortable because then we're sitting there and no one takes our order. Yeah. I don't know how long, like, and it's one of those deals where like, it's New York. It's Saturday night. Like places are busy. But I'm like, we're trying to go to a to a show, and and it wasn't like we're idiots and we got there 15 minutes before. Show. No, I budgeted an hour to eat, which is yeah. a it just fair for like it's just some Mexican joint. It's not like you know we went somewhere where there's there's courses and they have to be yeah. served in a specific order and or otherwise we'll upset the chef <laughs> it's like no they, they they had a menu with like a million items on it like whatever they don't care and so i just like flag this one dude down and i'm like you gonna like take our order and he's like well i'm actually not your waiter and i gave him this look and he's like but i'll take your order i'm like damn right you will yeah because what is this shit like so okay so dude takes our order and like that was cool of him like i'm glad he did that um and so then like you know our stuff shows up and the and then the woman who's like supposed to be our waitress came by and like asked us all the same questions other people had already asked us because i'm like 
yeah so like someone else did your job already when you were up doing whatever because like i don't know what you're doing the whole time we were sitting here so then it was like relatively normal dining experience like they the food we ordered showed up it was fine we ate it and then i guess like the owner dude got wind of what was going on whatever and he comes over and first of all he looks like a mexican ron jeremy <laughs> like that's the best way to ex- describe him and uh so i'm i'm mexican but no one knows this because i'm like so pale like i'm the least mexican looking person of mexican descent uh and but for whatever reason this guy was like like he comes over and he he puts his arm around me he doesn't do this to Matt. It's like, yeah, this no. is like the reverse of Canada. When in Canada, when like right. everyone was really friendly to Matt, like this Maybe is the opposite. Of that. He was like, "Oh, you're you're one." Yeah, he's you're like, Mexican? "I'm of the tribe." Yeah, and and so like he puts his arm around me and then like asks me a million questions and I don't even remember what they were about and and uh or like we and we were talking about gluten free or something. Oh yeah, he was like where did you hear about this place? And I'm like, I have this thing on my phone. It tells me where I can eat. And then he was all like, are you going to get on Yelp? And blah, blah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And we're like, no, but we will we have a radio show. Um, and, and so, so then like they send out this dessert we didn't order. And Matt's like, you're like, I don't give a shit about dessert. Yeah, we're like right? trying to go to the right, fucking show. We're trying show. to we're go like, to a show. It I just want the, the check. check too. Yeah. Right. And so, so Matt's like, I don't give a shit about dessert and I want the check. And I look at it and I'm like, yeah, all that discussion we just had about like gluten free. <laughs> yeah. This clearly has gluten in it. Like yeah. I'm not eating it. So then he, so he comes back by and he's like, oh, so I got this dessert. for." And then he's like, oh, wait, you can't eat this. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So he's like, OK, so they, so they so they take they take the dessert back. And they bring back this like flan, which was actually really good. Yeah. But I'm I'm positive, like due to the timing and everything, that 30 seconds later, when the girls next to us got the same dessert that just left our table, <laughs> like pretty sure it was the same one. Yeah. So I was like, okay. Um, and and but so, so then he's like, oh, do you guys want some drinks? We're like, no, we gotta go to this yeah, show. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, oh, but we have the. He's like, it's the home of the 60 ounce margarita. The, the original. And I'm like, I'm like. Oh yeah, the, yeah, the we were the first people to serve alcohol in an in an inadvisably large quantity. It's like, first of all, you weren't. Second of all, what part of we're in a hurry screams you should get a sixty ounce yeah. margarita? Um, so right, so then finally they bring the check, and so the original plan, like I just prefer to use plastic because it's like free money for for forty five days, and I'm like, no, we're leaving cash because yeah, who knows. How long it w- until I get my credit card back? So yeah. we leave cash and we bolt. And that was an excellent decision because we got there like right in time uh, yeah. for for sanctuary. So like on the way out too, like this dude gave us both his, his like card. Um, oh, so yeah. I'm pretty sure like that must have been the owner, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He yeah. had to be the owner. So like I got the impression. I, I, I got the I impression. Hope, I hope no non-owner is touching the customer right. is the way that I was done <laughs> because otherwise I'd have been like, uh, yeah. Uh, I felt like, like, I felt like somehow the initial weight got back to him and he was playing, trying to damage right. control the oh, whole no. time. Yeah, totally. And it was so funny too. Cause it was, I think it was like a week or like the same week or the week before 
that South Park Yelp episode. And oh, so the yeah. fact that he was all like, hey, do you guys, are you guys on Yelp? Did you hear about us on Yelp? Are you going to write a review on Yelp? And we're like, no, nah, dude, just, we just wanted to eat before the show. But it was so that like, hey, yeah, and, and free dessert. Like half that episode was about people being like trying to get free desserts and shit by being like, yeah, by the way, I'm a Yelp reviewer. And uh, I was like, no, man. Yeah, I still haven't watched that. I gotta go watch that. On the way out, as we were like leaving, he was like, hey, take my card, you guys, Yelp reviews, whatever. And we're like, I was so tempted to be like, oh, we'll talk about you on our podcast. Don't worry. (laughs) And then like give him the name of the podcast and be like, what? Why would you talk about a restaurant and be like, because you made us. Right. Also, (laughs) we're very, we're we're very loose with the format. (laughs) Right, right. And like, you know, podcast is a podcast. Whatever, whatever the kids want. The only guarantee here is that you're going to hear some dudes talking about stuff. <laughs> Maybe music, but <laughs> probably music. Probably There's a high music? probability, but no guarantees. No guarantees. We'd rather and talk about our weird experiences at Mexican restaurants. Hashtag no refunds. No refunds. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we, right. So we got there. I have this note. Maybe you'll remember why I wrote this down. I go s- sponsored by Just for Men. <laughs> uh, well, because of Russ. Oh, but it's it's but it's at the top, which made me think it was a crowd note. Well, I mean, oh, I thought it was the the bands because there's a lot of, I mean, Russ in particular has like very dark hair right now. <laughs> yeah. And I feel right. like it's darker no, but, but than the when just, he was younger. But just for men, I, it was. I feel like there was somebody the with, a, with like a with like a very. I mean, I Russ like has was, a dark beard. Yeah, but I feel like there were someone else was like a ton someone of dudes sanctuary? with colored in beards. Maybe, or maybe it was the whole crowd. Yeah, it could yeah. Have been. Just, well, because the other note is so the weird thing about the show was like, so general admission was thirty bucks, and then there was the like Lemoore's reunion VIP thing, which was sixty. Um, and I don't know what that was about, but it, on, and on the billing, they had this whole thing about how this DJ was going to be there and they had this <laughs> yeah. bio for him and they're like, he was the first DJ to spin Slayer in New York. And you're like, so he, so he played a record <laughs> yeah, like, and like before other, I've, I was like, I didn't understand what this was going on about. And then, but I was really concerned with the way that it was set up on the, on the site like it's i was like does this guy gonna have a set because he doesn't sound like what people colloquially refer to as a dj in modern day parlance yeah of like you're a music producer of like you're an electronic music producer i was like this guy sounds like an actual disc jockey yeah so if i have to watch a set (laughs) of some old new york metal dude like (laughs) playing slayer records (laughs) I'm going to be so pissed. Yeah. Uh, but like, no, I think so. We'll come back to that in a second. So, no, he it, it, this dude did not open open with the set. But there were there was a distinct Lemoore's presence and the sleeveless Lemoore's rock <laughs> shirt that I referred to on a previous episode when I went to nuclear assault. There was one at this show. <laughs> I was like and so I sort of confirmed him like, yeah, the sleeves were not cut off. That was those it was. It was born this way. Yeah. Which, unfortunately, I mean, if that had been part of the VIP package. Oh, if they were handing those shows out, take take my money. Take my money. No, but the thing, I was super disappointed because the last time I went to a a show at Terminal 5 that had VIP like that 
which coincidentally I, I had VIP for, but because I was working, <laughs> um, it was just like the third, the second balcony, the third floor was VIP. Yeah. And for this, like we couldn't, they wouldn't even let us go, just go to the, to the second floor. Cause they dude, had that dude weird. was like, where are you going? I'm like the balcony. They had that weird second tier, which we had considered getting. And that must've been yeah. the second about the the or well, the first balcony and then the second balcony is VIP, yeah. which yeah usually it's just VIPs up top and then but I think because it was uh, Sanctuary Symphony X Overkill, they knew it wasn't going to be like packed top to bottom, oh. so they're like let's sell this the balcony for more. Just try to get some money, out right? Of this. I think so because well, it was a pretty. Seemed like everyone that was up there though was um was like symphony x's friends from new jersey yeah well i think and i think they were all in the vip i didn't see like anybody on the second floor just about because probably nobody wanted to pay 60 bucks just to like go upstairs yeah i don't know right so then they and, or they, they didn't then realize had, that that's what it was they had like a like, hundred and ten dollar meet and greet thing yeah. they're like comes with a poster yeah i'm like oh because people in new york have room for trinkets like that it was yeah. that was weird but anyway so sanctuary played and i guess like they weren't on the tour they just like played this yeah. one show yeah this was i think yeah they just randomly were on this show <laughs> so we so that it was cool though because i mean we oh, saw yeah. them we just saw them at heavy montreal yeah. two months ago and they were good there uh they were good here too but it was more so world did the same thing where um he's asking for a pit <laughs> that like no I, one I wrote- wants yeah, I wrote down that three different times. He, he, well, he but, demanded no, moshing. No, but, the, but the first time, the first time he's like, I want to see a pit. And then they start playing Autumn Years, which is a song that has like a very mellow chorus. <laughs> and you're like, are they, we, are, you want to keep moshing? Or like, yeah. what? It was. I, know, I was thinking the whole time I was thinking like, you know, like, I mean, they may say something occasionally, but like, you know, a band like Meshuggah. You don't have to tell anybody, to right? Mosh. You don't have to tell anybody. Mosh. You don't have to tell anybody. You know. It's gonna happen. So it's it's like, look, let your music do the talking. If people want to mosh, your music will inspire them to. Right. Well, and then so then the other thing was so that for, for, that was just he was just asking for a pit. He he right. cranked it up later before future tense. He asked <laughs> for a circle pit. Right. Right. He was like, I want a circle pit. Getting really specific and, there, Warl. <laughs> <laughs> and and then did uh and then oh and then he was like. Uh, he goes, please, please circle pit for taste revenge. Please someone mosh or we'll have to stop the show. <laughs> uh, like, I, really, I really don't think he'll, I don't think he will. I think yeah. he could just play a show and like maybe. Yeah, there was, there was some other bad banter. He goes, we're going to play a song off refuge tonight. Is that okay? And then he goes, do you remember mirror black? And then, you know, the crowd's like, and then he's like, are you sure? It's a bit foggy for me. And you're like, yeah, but uh, you did a lot of drugs. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, so aside from the banner and the bizarre multiple requests for bits that weren't nobody really wanted. Um, I mean, they were fine. They were good. It yeah. was the, it, I think their set was like 22 minutes. Yeah, it was short. But I and I, everything they played, they played at Heavy Montreal, I think. But but they played more of the hits and less of the yeah, new stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was less. Well, and the heavy Montreal. I swear they were just like, all right, so you're gonna listen to a half hour of our new album. All right, this yeah. is what's gonna. And he basically told people like, that's coming later. Don't be impatient, <laughs> right? Yeah. Which is kind of funny at the first second, but then it kept happening, and I was like, okay, now you're just pushing it because like 
like everyone wants you to i mean this is going to be a running theme with this show i think <laughs> he should have just blamed nick he should have yeah. been like dude only knows 10 songs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he joined the band this week dude only knows 10 songs yeah. uh but yeah so uh it was a little bit less like all right now just hang on let us play our whole new album and then we'll play the stuff that you really really want to hear he's always been really upfront about the structure of the set though yeah yeah at, he's, at he's always does he's always like I'm, we're gonna play that one yeah like that's right. something he's he like, usually don't does don't worry it's coming uh but you know who didn't do that <laughs> <sighs> fucking symphony x man okay they so, need a new name right i need i need to give some background on why this show was like the most disappointing symphony x show i've ever been to um it was definitely the worst but, yeah, but I wasn't super disappointed because my expectations were pretty low. Well, here's my thing. Like, okay, so I've seen Symphony X a lot, and I first saw them at like Prague Power. Most of the times, I've seen them at Prague Power. I think that's part of it. At Prague Power, uh, they're gonna get good sound. They're gonna get a long enough set that they will play enough things I want to hear. Uh, although that, frankly, wasn't difficult a few years ago right until well, that was recently. the thing every time i i saw them twice at prog power and both times it was back when they they i don't they maybe had at most one album i didn't like like the first yeah. time we saw them they didn't have any horrible albums yeah yeah um and then the the last time i saw them at prog power i actually was kind of like well you know i'll see symphony x whatever but i was actually i came up very positive because it was like you've put out uh, okay, like at the time, I would say two albums I have no use for, and then one that I like at the time listened to for a minute, and then was like, "All right, I don't care anymore." Uh, and now they have. This was before the most recent album, but I think Iconoclast had come out. So the point is, they played a good set. They sounded good. They played really well, and I was like, "Oh shit!" You know, it's just, it's just never, never a bad idea to see Symphony X. It's always a good time, and they really come through. See, I'd and, already seen a really and, bad uh, Symphony X yeah, show. Yeah, I, I hadn't. And part of it, I think you I know you why. That, you weren't living in New York for that BB King right. show, and I just didn't bother to. Either they didn't come to Wisconsin on tour at that point, yeah. or I didn't care. Right. And I know I specifically just didn't even see the last couple of New York shows because I didn't, I wasn't bothering to see Symphony X. And it turns out. It was a good call because I think what happened is, and I think this is the same thing with this New York show, is that at, at Prague Power, they know that it's the Prague Power audience and that they like their old stuff. So it's like playing in Japan or something. Right. You got to play all the shred tunes. Right. But on tour, they think that their new stuff is going for this more like heavier oh, yeah, bro they metal tried, thing. No, that was the thing. They definitely acted like listening to Symphony X was not an embarrassing nerdy thing that dungeons and dragons <laughs> players do right. they were like no it's like it's like tough because it's metal like you, i mean like you're you're we're on your mix with pantera like pantera and then like symphony x and then like metallica like and you're no yeah it, it was it's yeah. well and and some of this shit okay so like it was really weird they heavied up the songs yeah so like well here's also uh all right so it was, it was like when corrosion and conformity like sludged out all their songs yeah okay symphony so x tried to get heavy so uh my okay my personal experience with this was uh okay so five is uh their best album that's like what symphony x should just right. be all the time right they should never not play at least one song off that album it's ridiculous uh then the odyssey was kind of like uh where i was like eh, okay I, I think you may have like that's nailed it and then instead you were like on this next album let's write a 30 minute song 
It's really boring. I thought it was like 40 minutes. It's 30? It's but super. All it I always feels like a, 30. It's too least. long. Yeah. And that show at BB King's, they played it. Right. That no, was part of that the was, reason why I was like, God, this is My horrible. biggest issue with them live for several years was purely, like, even at, at Prog Power, the one complaint I had about that show was, you did not need to play the fucking Odyssey again. No, and the, and the thing was, actually, so I wasn't even going to go to that show. The deal was my roommate at the time had, like, won free tickets yeah. from Eddie Trunk. <laughs> okay. So we go to the show, and um, that was, I, so that was right after I moved to New York. So I was dating this girl that I went to grad school with. So mm-hmm. she's into, like, super bizarre concert music and not really heavy metal but yeah. like she didn't get like she, we would listen to edge of sanity and she, like it was fine you know but like we were both not having it we were just like <laughs> this is all so we like leave but then had to wait for my roommate because they played this 40 minute yeah, song yeah. that they shouldn't have yeah it's at least 30 i mean maybe it's closer to 35 or something it's long it's long as shit and it's and it <laughs> it's feels so long. it feels long so here's feels the thing longer with that song too. it is like when they put out that album, you know, they played it at Prague Power. And at that point, it was like, oh, shit, they're playing the really long song. But the problem is they continued to play it like every other time after that at Prague Power. I was just like, what? You guys yeah. know you don't have to play that song now for like 20 years, right? Like if you want, you can just not play that song for like 10 years and then sell out a tour by telling people you're playing that song that you haven't played in 10 years. But instead, <laughs> just play that song all the time. And but after that, it got, it got even worse for me. Like so. So after that was Paradise Lost, which uh, one of the many issues I had with that is it's the same theme as Divine Wings of Tragedy, which they also did a 20 minute song about. Yeah. So it's the same. It's the same thing, just a different like, more, I guess, more specifically based on Paradise right. Lost. And that 20 minute song is significantly less terrible right. than than the Odyssey. Like right. you, you can listen to the whole thing. And yeah, it's too long, but you're not like, oh, but why isn't this ending? Right. And then, uh, and then Paradise Lost is the same theme. Yeah. But an entire album. And uh, again, after the Odyssey, <laughs> I was like, eh, let's not maybe try that. Again. But I, I, honestly, I don't really know Paradise Lost because I listened to it like once. I didn't even make it all the way through. I didn't either. Yeah, because it was also the album where Russ decided it was time to show everybody. Oh yeah, what like a man no, no, yeah, no, no. It was like he, he. So I remember reading something or hearing something where he's all like, "Oh yeah, the Dio influence," and you're like, "But it not." So first of all, you decided to be influenced by the worst parts of Dio, and you did a bad yeah. job of it. Yeah. So it's just bad. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah i mean i know part of it is he's just like i don't want to write any more stuff that's super hard to sing live or whatever but too bad but 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 they didn't they never had like dog whistle range stuff right but even well right but even so like you could see before that that like when they play the super old stuff like because you know like there's some stuff on like uh that gets a little ridiculous uh, I mean, I can't sing it, but I'm not a singer. <laughs> right. But well, but, you know, and again, it's it's one of those things where like Russ is always he's got that a thicker voice. So like you kind of would can predict that he was going to age and it was going to get, you know, thicker and more baritone. But does he smoke? I don't know. But I mean, I know he drinks a lot. I mean, they were always that was always a thing at Prague Power. They're always like, I need my whiskey. And like they bring him a bottle of Jack oh, or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, oh. hey, you know, what's really good for singing high notes is chugging whiskey I, okay i gotta tell a story i gotta tell a story about that yeah so at the first frog power we all went to frog power too um russ got super lit up right 
and uh angela was talking to him and she was like yeah just like out of nowhere he laid one on me and i was like gross (laughs) 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 oh uh, i've not heard that story oh yeah no 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 okay but then so but the thing about smoking okay i don't think he does now that i remember this because so one time um they when they played worcester mass uh i went with you know like some bu kids and some berkeley kids and this guy dennis who owes me 80 bucks by the way it's been a like a decade <laughs> should probably just let that go <laughs> um you know he was all like wanted to hang out with the band whatever because he's a shred nerd like you know right. we went to berkeley but i didn't care i'm like i just wanted to hang out with whoever was at the show and so he's on the bus with them and then he says to him he's like oh yeah no like my buddy you know like it uh studies with joe stump whatever blah blah and so then they're like oh we'll go get him so i'm like okay so i'm on the bus and basically michael romeo had two topics of conversation one was judas priest is the greatest band of all time which i'm like okay i'll sure and who's got a cigarette for me <laughs> like like I, it would just be like he would smoke the cigarette and then he'd be like who's got a cigarette for me like on a loop like that's li- no these are literally the only two things that i remember from hanging out on symphony x's bus wow. and and yeah and i don't remember russ asking for any cigarettes yeah. so yeah i don't i don't think he smokes so uh i just want to complete my minor chronicle of symphony x's <laughs> okay. descent into me not caring about their newer albums um so paradise lost which again i just didn't even because it was just it was also the first time where i really felt like they were trying to do that like we're gonna like kind of you know you know uh, smooth it out a little and just like just rock man we're just gonna rock so that people who don't like (laughs) it's still about a esoteric nerdy topic if you think about it but if you look right. at it at the surface i could still structure less, my D campaign around right it. but <laughs> it's a little less obvious because it's a little more like you know uh it's more mythology than like fantasy because that's where they get away with like i yeah. mean and they've always done mythology stuff too yeah but always with you well, know like, the one in track the was called Dead. the new mythology suite right right oh yeah yeah in the dragon's Dead. In that's the dragon's a great Dead. one but so okay so paradise lost a little more like okay it's it's <laughs> that's one of the worst it's songs, like it's yeah so uh but then after that iconoclast is they do the thing where it's like we don't want to sing about dragons no more so let's sing about like future robot (laughs) stuff you know but like we don't we don't actually have any background in sci-fi it's not really a thing we're into but that's what we're writing this album about because it's somehow maybe less nerdy than dragons uh but anyway so and then the other nice thing about that album at least is there was a little bit of an attempt there were some songs where it was like we made him stop doing the turd voice. Like, I gotta take a shit. <laughs> you know, like, he stopped. They made him stop doing that. But it was so obvious, too. There was, like, a song where he'd be like, I gotta clear it. And then it'd be another song where he was all of a sudden singing melodically. And yeah. you were like, oh, that's better. And But it was literally, like, A, B, A, B. Like, they split it up. And they're like, okay, Russ, on these songs. We'll make a deal with you. You can sound like you're taking a huge dump. But on these ones... Let's sing a melody and maybe people will remember. Remember we used to do that? Uh, but then the new one, Underworld, was like... <laughs> Not to be confused with the Adagio album, oh, Underworld. Yeah. yeah. And so it was like, okay, so we're trying to... Uh, we'll do mythology and then like... Uh, and they obviously did try to... Like there was clearly some push on the new one for less of, of, of uh, 
turdy voice because uh, it is a little uh, more inter- a little better melodically and vocally. Again, I, I didn't make it all the way through. I listened to the whole thing because I had at this point committed my life to <laughs> musical masochism. And so I sat down and listened to the whole thing. And the thing is, the main thing I can say about it is that it sounds like Symphony X. Like everything sounds like something else Symphony X already mm-hmm. did. And so... Right, the rehashing. Right, it's just super, super rehash. But the thing that pisses me off the most, and like I should have, uh, I actually had planned at some point to read uh, this like <laughs> the re- lyrics press, oh. re- press release or or maybe a review because it's kind of the same thing. Where it's just like the press release and the reviews are the exact same thing. The reviews are all just trying to like suck up to Symphony X and uh, and then the but but the main thing was it was one of these things where like uh, I think they may have actually. Uh, for the first time, said it's not as heavy as the last one. Like, oh, at, at right. First, no, I, I was re- like, no, I remember you yeah, mentioned I remember this. being like, oh, shit, it happened. A band actually was like, yeah, it's not as heavy as the last one. Like, <laughs> No, no, because there was a period, like, r- around 2000. Right. Where, so I used to write for Metal Zine, actually, and so I was ex- directly exposed to a lot of this. Yeah. Where literally every death metal album that came, because this was also the time when you, like, you normal metal bands didn't have harsh vocals like like if you had harsh vocals you were either a death metal band or you were some weird prog band that had clean and harsh vocals and you had like two different people who sang them right and but like every death metal band the the pr that came along with their album that i was supposed to review was like this is the heaviest fastest most brutal album ever and you're like (laughs) Okay, instead of like trying to be more brutal, could you maybe just be better? Like, yeah. did that occur to anyone? And 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 that was when that's like when Origin came out, who I think are one of the worst bands ever. Oh yeah, because it's literally it's it's it should be computer music. It's yeah. it's that it's that thing where it's just like so fast, and you're just like what. Like, is there? Uh, am I listening to a machine shop? Like, do you, do you guys do you guys work on an assembly line somewhere? And you're just, and this is some kind of weird uh, modernist expressionism. Oh no, you! Oh, you're just you're just idiots. So, so got it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, so that was super funny. I remember yeah. that distinctly when you were like, somebody said right. it's so less I was, heavy. And I almost was like, oh, maybe, maybe they'll do something I like again. But instead, they put out Underworld. And then the thing was, their explanation of the topic was just, to me, transparent as, uh, you know, okay, so, so metal bands in particular are big on, like, themes and stuff because there's just certain themes that seem to work for metal and stuff and so they like to be like this one's like you know like paradise this one's about paradise lost you know right, right. based I, on i was saying are we're gonna make the yacht metal uh paradise found since <laughs> yeah. there have been so many paradise lost metal <laughs> yes. things yeah um and so but in this but the problem i have is that sometimes you find a thing where somebody like you know read a book and they were like i read this oh. book and it was sometimes it, it it's a good thing and 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 they do a thing based on it but sometimes it's just like so i read this book and like i named the album after it <laughs> but like i didn't like understand anything in the book like i feel like and i'm not saying that's what happened i'm not saying that's michael romeo but i'm just saying like sometimes that's the impression i get and so what i specifically got for underworld was Okay, we need a theme 
uh we kind of do mythology stuff but you know staying away from the dungeons and dragons because we're we're all tough and, and we're cool now we're like a cool metal band yeah now. we're like you know like if pantera had keyboards <laughs> and uh yeah so <laughs> i've got a note about that by the way okay so uh but the underworld thing was just like it sounded so like they had thought it through exactly as far as it sounded like they were describing it. Like, yeah, we thought, you know, like the underworld and like Greek mythology and like kind of like uh, uh, like Dante's Inferno and stuff like that is kind of what <laughs> is like the themes are. And that's I mean, it's not supposed to be a con- not supposed to be like, you know, a tied together story concept or anything, but it's like but it's thematic. It's thematic, but it seems almost like. I would prefer you didn't have a theme right, and yeah. like tried to come up with interesting things to say instead of just like this one's about uh, uh, the ferryman uh, Charon on the River Styx. Uh, only I, I gotta actually look up the lyrics to that one because that is the worst on the album as far as the lyrics being like. Did you have you read any Greek mythology? Because it was something about Charon like flying away or something, and I was like the. Uh, the riverman, the, the the ferryman who like has a he, boat. He has a boat and he like ferries you usually very like slowly and ominously across the river Styx. And it was something about like uh, that seems as far as things were thought through at least. And the way they described it even too, it wasn't even like it's like I feel okay. I get you're being pretentious, but like you're not even like faking it enough to like make me think that you really thought it through. <laughs> and okay, so here's the uh, sail away. Oh, it's on. Sail it's away. on the. That's pretty smooth. It's on the winds of Charon, which, what? On the winds? Okay, first of all, yeah, it's underground. He has to row. Right, and it He's sounds. Not, he doesn't have a sailboat. He has a rowboat. Right, and on and and live, it sounds like sail away on the wings of Charon. That's what I thought he was saying oh. live. I'm like sail away. Okay, sometimes you use sail with wings. Especially in metal songs, but you know, sometimes it's as a metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> Wings of steel. Plain, you know, the the air is the air is the sea of the sky, uh, and and planes are are sky yachts. But sail away on the winds of Charon, take me away to the distant shore. Uh, yeah, but and that's like not the worst lyrics on the album. Um, <laughs> that was pretty bad. Yeah, oh man, that's the thing. I, I, I could probably just like, we could probably spend an episode just reading through the lyrics of this album. They're really <laughs> cheesy and like... But then I would have to listen to that. Right, album. and I don't, I don't even want to have to reread. I'm trying to think of like the best... Um, There was some super... Well, so I wrote down an amazing lyric, which tell me, you can tell me whether or not it's from this, from this album. Yeah. Stand and fight, victory or death. It was like, that was like the chorus that a lot of people were singing along to and they kept it kept coming up yeah i'm trying to think i i think that might have actually been one from okay so here's the here's the i actually wrote down and then looked up to confirm the set list because it really pissed me off so <laughs> they came out and they did six consecutive songs in order from the new album they basically played the new album tracks one through six or maybe tracks two through seven because i don't know if they played the like overture I think they did. I think they opened with the... Because f- it has an overture, which doesn't function as an overture because it doesn't, like... So they're not sure what that word means. 
Right. You don't recognize... Well, what he thinks it means is the overture is where you put all the themes from your favorite classical pieces, and then, you know, they don't ever show up again because uh, you didn't write them. But so six songs off the new one uh, of Sins and Shadows for which, uh, which if you don't know, is from Divine Wings of Tragedy, which at least until the sort of like new wave of Symphony X, like was most people's like... That's their best one, bro. That's their best album. Is is the White Wings? You know, like even if it wasn't, that's the one that everyone thought was was the best album until yeah, five. Yeah, right. No, the right. The thing was, it wasn't until five that Michael Romeo learned how to play a riff. Yeah, and uh, but right, but the but the shred on <laughs> right. on Divine Wings is like very yeah. over the top. Yeah. So if you're listening to that stuff, like because everyone who listened to Symphony X was l- probably listening to it to hear the guitar solos. Yeah, and like that was that album and had like pretty obnoxious ones like the like the one that's the one that has um uh candlelight fantasia or whatever that song is is that yeah on there yeah that solo is like extremely difficult to play yeah and the uh, uh yeah just yeah it, yeah and and even the rip the uh the riffs on that album the sort of like symphony x non-riffs where it's just like uh okay that's the riff right all right verse part <laughs> you know what i mean like they know that they know how to like uh, i mean that's why symphony x is is uh i think kind of popular because they the one thing they kind of did do is they mixed the like super wanky shred thing but yeah. they knew how to like chill out and do like a chorus or whatever but then they well right they had sing-along choruses right but, but, but they without, used to be good, interesting sing-along choruses. Right, they weren't like power metal like, sing-along right. choruses. But that's, and, and that's what they are like, now. Yeah. And the new one, I think, like, fully just, like, saunters into butt rock territory. <laughs> that was one of my... Now I do want to listen to it. Like, it's it's it still <laughs> sounds like Symphony X, but they really kind of just, like, stripped it down to the, like... It, it sounds like somebody is copying Symphony X, but it's Symphony X. So. See, I would think if Symphony X... Uh, wandered in a butt rock territory. It would sound like winger. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're not. It's not that butt rocky. Oh, it's not quite that butt rocky. It's just enough of a butt rock vibe. Well, that and and Russ seems to not, think he's in a butt rock. It's band not though. like when Arsis put out the butt rock <laughs> album. Yeah. So let's see. Well, sorry. Okay. For, so forced to yacht. So they did of sins and shadows, which I swear the. I mean, of course the audience is going to react to that because it's like you know one of their classic. Like they used to it's always play that. It's the only song that I knew that they right. played. And here's the thing, though, the whole crowd reaction was like fifty percent better than the entire rest of the set, which to me says I'm not being an asshole for saying that it's dumb that they played one old song, and like everything else was from the last three albums, the three albums that I do not care for, uh, because it was that. It was six, six from the new one of Sins and Shadows, three from Paradise Lost, and then the encore was Iconoclast from Iconoclast. So uh, at some point before they had stopped playing songs from the new album, before I realized they were all from the new album in order, yeah. I wrote down that it was like three new songs and then a Pantera song? Because one of those was just like blatantly, we were like, are they covering Pantera? Because this sounds well, no, in, so, so... Wait, no, here's the thing. So I, so the, the best time to use the restroom at a show is like right after a band starts playing, right? Yeah. So I went to the restroom during Symphony X's second song and some guy was in there and he says to his buddy, like they start playing the song and he's like, yo, is this Pantera? 
And then like, and then like the keyboards come and he's like, oh, yo, that sounds like Pantera for a second. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, yeah, oh man, um, yeah, it was, it was weird. No, but no, you're right. So I forgot about the Silway thing. I re- because I remember now, like I remember, yeah, specifically hearing him say that, and it sounded like they wanted to be Rainbow, like so yeah, badly. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah, was yeah. so yeah. like so dio'd up. But right, they had they had this totally like it was. I mean, and but Dream Theater did the same thing, like where you would watch like any interview or whatever, and Petrucci would be like, "Oh yeah, man, like we just listen to Pantera all the time," like, and you're yeah. just like, yeah. "Yeah." Well, I mean, again, I could tell Mike did <laughs> when he started to yell stuff uh so okay so let's see uh so three uh they did of sins and, although before of sins and shadows let's see what else did i write down? Oh, the songs had breakdowns too yeah they had breakdowns I, now. About, I was like i was like i didn't know they had breakdowns the now. during the fifth song russ started doing his weird sexy like grindy dance no no, no we gotta back up right. we're gonna talk about talk about russ and his antics okay so first of all he shows up Wearing sunglasses, right? Which he wore for the entire for the whole set. He so with his okay. So for people who don't know, uh, Russ used to be the knight at medieval times (laughs) in New Jersey. Okay, so he's like he's a pretty good looking dude. He's like and he's decently sized. Like he could he was the knight at medieval times, and he has long hair, right? And now he's wearing sunglasses. It was literally. I mean, it was so pro wrestling. I was like, I was yeah. like, he looks like a failed. Again, he had the like. <laughs> I think the the formula for men was partially at least the, ju- the just for men. Yeah, the yeah, just yeah. for men was yeah. Because yeah. he has like the dark, like all my hair is black, but yeah. And so then, so so right. So he's wearing the sunglasses, which keeps that in mind. We're gonna talk about sunglasses later. Yeah. Uh, and then like he had these dance moves. And the, but they weren't like so. First of all, it was no brain dance crack in the whip. <laughs> yeah, and it and it wasn't like they weren't metal. Da- they were like sexy groove thing. Yeah. Like he's like Michael Romeo's gonna play this solo, and I'm gonna charm your snake, girl. Like you're like, <laughs> what? What is going on? Um, yeah, and then and then the masks. Right, that was right? the next thing. I was right, say. Yeah. so so the so to keep with the pro wrestling theme. <laughs> He brings out, like, keep in mind, he's got long hair. He's got this, like, red and black mask. I'm like, is this Kane from pro wrestling? <laughs> and the best part about this is the Kane mask, that that costume, if you will, was completed by an actual <laughs> Kane. Actual Kane, yes. So, <laughs> so I was just <sighs> like, is that, a, is that a tip? Is he is he giving up the game? He's like the Kane, Kane, yeah. Kane, Kane, Kane. Yeah. So so he gets that right. He gets the mask and the cane, and then there's like these smoke plumes. It, like it's a magic show. Like it's not like the random fog machine. At about like they right. were coordinated. And so I'm sitting up there. I'm like, wait. So now so now it's a magic show. I'm like, I was just waiting for him to be like for my next trick. And this was all this was all accompanied by they had gargoyles on top of the amp racks. Oh yeah. <laughs> and um and then and so then so the gargoyles are up there and then um then he started doing these like bird 
what, like flapping the bird wing boobs. Coco beware. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Right, I missed that. And then, um, and then on the on the last downbeat of that song, he like took the mask off, like it was this big yeah. reveal. And you're like, oh, that's Russ Allen, the dude, the though. singer from the band that we saw earlier that's playing right now. I, like I was so confused. Like, because it wasn't like they were playing Masquerade or right. something. Like, I'm, Well, okay, so they have, I mean, they do have this theme, like, since the early albums were part of their, like, well, visual the f- shtick. No, the, first the, album album, art, the first album, the first album art is the masks. Right, they yeah. have the, the, the co- uh, comedy and tragedy right, masks. Right, comedy and tragedy, right. They're, those, those are accepted masks. Right. Those, those aren't are, like, you should wear these. Right, right. That's the thing. Those it's are like, like, all this time, players wear he, masks. And he even makes a point, like, of before playing of sins and shadows they made a point to point out that they've been around for 20 years and so they have old stuff i'm like yeah no shit you know who else knows that everyone here play some old shit everyone will yeah. like well, it right because the other thing is the other bands that were playing sanctuary sanctuary and, and overkill, overkill also super old bands like yeah. everyone at this show was like an old metal dude yeah yeah uh yeah so like there was another mask later because it was the other one, I think, like the two masks. Day. Right. But uh, but, the other, but I didn't. The other mask didn't give off the, the demon cane vibe. Right. Uh, did I have do I, don't, do I have notes about the other mask? Oh, 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 oh. But but before that. Oh, man, there's so there's so much that happened. Um, no. So, OK, so he called for a mosh pit too which was which was weird um and and my comment at that point was like because again they like heavied up the songs at that point they're playing this stuff that's like heavy but shreddy and and sort of like doesn't make sense and i was like this is like if you watched a movie and they were like we need we need like a metal band for this scene but they weren't gonna get an actual metal band this is like when they were like can you guys like pretend to be a metal band like this is (laughs) what you would be because it's like every metal cliche all at once (laughs) yeah um and then and then he did he did the like let's jump thing like they were corn or something right i wrote down at at that point i wrote down that like yeah because breaking breakdowns and jumping up and down are what symphony x is all about right yeah and then and so then so then but when he gets to the other mask he, he put his hair down Right. And, oh, the, yeah. and he put on the other mask. OK. And here was my note. This one is more Phantom of the Opera. That's <laughs> yeah. what. And yeah. then. And so then he does the He does that song. With the other mask. And then at the end, he holds up both masks. Yeah. Right. But I was like, I don't. Does this mean <laughs> something? I don't know what's going on. Um, so then. So then I thought they were done. Yeah. Because it was so like. Because it didn't make sense, right? There wasn't like a reason. It wasn't like, oh, there's these two characters and this thing, whatever. So they're done. Um, and then I'm like, oh, wait, no, they're not actually done. They're just going to play the instrumental. Like Russ walked off the stage and they're just playing the the instrumental. And so I'm like, OK, is he taking a break? I'm like, oh, no, dude, he's going to get another mask. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he comes back and no, he does not have another mask. He's now wearing an affliction shirt. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot he went and, <laughs> yeah. and changed. Well, because yeah. he had like sweat through his 
his like sexy like half open right. like club shirt. Yeah, oh, but right. it, that was probably soaked in sweat by this point. So he went and changed into an affliction shirt. Yeah. So then, okay. So then he right he comes back, and now he has more dance moves. But <laughs> yeah. if what is during so it's Ugh. during the keyboard solo. He did like the crab core walk. Like he got low and like yeah. went side to side. But then he starts doing okay to go back to the magic show thing. He starts to do the like when either a, like a magician reveals something, right? When there's like the poof of smoke or you like move the cape. Unfortunately, he was not wearing a cape. Yeah. Believe it or not. He does the like reveal of all the other band members. It's yeah. like it's time for their solo. And, and and I go and he go and he reveals them. And my note is, and for my next trick, I will ruin this band. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's that's a good. Uh, I remember him saying that when he introduced Michael Romeo, he introduced him as a composer, a, a hell of a composer, probably one of the best in modern metal. <laughs> First of all, it's funny that in your own like I understand that you're not trying to be like we're the fucking best, but like it's still weird to be like probably one of the best. I'm not sure. It's probably one of the best. Like, probably the best. I don't really listen to any other metal bands. I don't listen to metal. So I don't and know. And I don't really know what a composer is. So, yeah. uh, but he told me, right, because I just assumed that he told him to call him that, right? Like, don't forget to tell them I'm, I'm a, a composer, composer. <laughs> of the best in, in metal. The best at composing classical pieces <laughs> that have been around Re for a few months. Recomposing. Recomposing classical, classical pieces. pieces. He's like, just like... Well, and it's funny that you say that, yeah. Because I was about to go, just like my hero John Williams, which is very appropriate because they played the Imperial March. Oh yeah, right. And I was like, are they playing this because it a blatantly rips off classical music, or because it involves masks? <laughs> <laughs> the answer is both. Yeah, it's weird. It's like they're uh, partially feels like again they're trying to do this like tough bro like we ain't that nerdy thing but like while still being really nerdy yeah well no but okay but so then he had that banter though about we came around in the 90s when the alternative thing was happening yeah right and he um he goes there was no there was no place for metal um and then what did he say i don't remember what he actually said but i wrote but now that you can't write sad songs about how privileged you are anymore <laughs> power metal <laughs> like, like like you know because that was that was the thing like when in the 90s right college music was all like a bunch of like super privileged people being yeah. about like how hard like your pointless existence is and you're like yeah. dude you have running water and electricity yeah. like there are parts of the world that still don't have that you know how much of an asshole you sound yeah. like right now and that's why pain of salvation wrote that song about how when you flush your toilet <laughs> <laughs> and and you flush and you flush every day and dig dip down for his ration of water his ration of water. his ration of water yes <laughs> they know what they have but do they know what they lose when we flush <laughs> and we flush and we flush <laughs> um <laughs> Matt's just going to send this podcast in <laughs> as his demo reel. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that's about all I'd written down. Yeah. Like, so after Sins and Shadows, they played a bunch of Paradise Lost songs, which is when they started 
trying to sound like Pantera. That's where the breakdowns come in and uh yeah yeah they had breakdowns yeah oh iconoclast is the song with the stand and fight thing yeah where they try to get everybody like stand they were like yeah let's put gang vocals in our our 2013 release the crowd was like totally singing along that chorus right they were like into it yeah yeah i was like you do know that this song is terrible Mm. right they don't they They don't don't. (laughs) uh yeah that was i don't i don't I don't have any other comments. I got everything out about the I mess. I mean, I, I, th- I hate, I, I think his uh, guitar sound is only getting worse. He switched to angles and he had like a f- bunch of cabs and well, a bunch he's been of shit. Play- but... He's been playing an angle for a while. And, but no, and, the, but it keeps sounding worse. Here, like, okay, he- there's two. Well, the two, the two notes that I have about his guitar playing was that. So one, he did play on the wrong side of the neck, <laughs> but he didn't do it um, Michelangelo style where he goes back and forth, back and forth. He did the same thing that Stump does which is where you have like a open low E riff. And then there's like a part where you play like two notes and on the, on the E like, and he played just those two, like on the other side. And then he goes back. Um, and then, so all these songs that like I hadn't heard, right. Where there it's like all Pantera E and their breakdowns and stuff. They all had a string skipping, like, uh, like arpeggio, like tapping, Thing. They, yeah. So they were like, it didn't matter what the song was. It had that solo, and you're like, yeah. what? <laughs> like, and they all kind of sounded the same. And I was like, yeah, no, I, <sighs> I can't tell any of the solos from the new stuff apart, right? Because they're all like, they're all like, hey, let me play this pattern, yeah. like all crazy. It's that thing where like, you know, he just reached critical mass, and so he was just like, what do I do on the solo? What I always do, kick everybody's ass, <laughs> and then everyone's just like, yeah, yeah Michael Romeo. <laughs> Yeah, no, he like, shreds so good. No, that's the thing. Like, like I'm saying, like the Candlelight Fantasia solo is like, like really hard to play, but yeah. it's like a good solo. Yeah, and yeah, and like five, there's like actual, like even a lot, a lot of that stuff is recomposed from classical music. Like it still rips. Like yeah. it sounds good because someone good wrote it. Because <laughs> yeah. Verdi, because Verdi wrote it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, like, yeah, it was, you know, I was kind of like, well. I haven't listened to those albums all the way through and yeah, you really not going to. to. Yeah. I mean, that was my thing. It was like, they still played well. Although again, his tone was his, I honestly like it was the opposite. Uh, like, I mean, I think his tone on five was the best, but uh, it was just downhill since the like angles. And st- I mean, again, yeah, the angles I've, are a big part of the like sound more Pantera. Yeah. They're super like buzzy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, amps. Right, right. They're they're super buzz. It's buzz all saw, high end like, and low right. end. Yeah, it's yeah. all like yeah. on the top, and then nothing in no, the middle. But, but the thing is, and here's the deal. So like, Meshuggah is actually EQ'd that way. But that's the thing. When you're down to F sharp, right? You have to do that. Yeah. Because the way the string vibrates at that much mass. Mike Romney is playing a six string. Yeah. I think he might be in E flat. No, well, but, I mean, he used to be in D, and I yeah. think the newer stuff, some of it, they went down to C. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, but but still, he only had the one guitar. Right. He didn't switch guitars. I think they might just play everything. They just transpose it. They're, well, probably, whatever they're playing in, they're probably well, playing everything in. Right, it. because that also probably gives Russ some right. extra room. And they're only playing one old song. But so. the thing was, I like, I never, like, even when I listened to Symphony X a lot, like, in the 90s, I was never like, oh, his tone. 
Right. Like, like it was just, it was fine. It wasn't yeah. bad, but I was never like, oh man, I want to get that tone. Like that was the thing. Like when you were listening to Dream Theater in 1994, you're like, I got to have this yeah. sound. Like well, this is amazing. I thought the five tone was really good, but that was like the last, that was where I thought he nailed it. I felt like the early stuff before five, it was hit or miss. Divine Wings of Tragedy, part of why a lot of people liked it, they claimed it was like his best tone. What it was, was his harshest tone. It was like yeah. harsh, but not super thin. And so it smoothed out after that. So people were like, no, you got to go back to where it like hurt my ears. Because that's what I th- honestly. <laughs> well, no, well, most people have lose their high end first. Right. And so and so they like super bright stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah. So like it, uh, which I actually, yeah, like like uh, Twilight and Olympus, I think was the best pre five. But I feel like, yeah, he was like working I, towards five. Five was the best. uh because it was, I mean, it was partially, it was the closest to what I was using on the triaxis at that point oh, anyway. Yeah. So I took like his settings and Petrucci's settings. And then I like found like this, like sort of in between, like yeah. I used those as a jumping off point and then I dialed from there. Mm. Um, but I mean, I still liked it better than his. Cause my biggest, well, my biggest problem yeah. with his tone was the pickups he uses is that the X2N. Oh yeah. That's terrible pickup. Right. Well, and, and the same deal, Petrucci for a long time was playing tone zone, which is another terrible pickup. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so, but part of my problem with the X2N is that it makes, I mean, it worked for some of the, the Symphony X stuff because it makes single notes sound way thicker and heavier. So when he's playing those like single, like, and it's all yeah. like, like it kind of worked for that, except that you still, I mean, it was always still a little too fizzy. Yeah. But no, the, if you're trying to do that, uh, the, actually the blaze is a way better pickup yeah. to do that. Yeah. Um, or a breed if you're have six strings. Yeah. But the main thing is with his current tone at like this show, like I couldn't like whatever Symphony X riffer, riffery they're supposed to be <laughs> like riffage per riffery per riffer periphery. See if they actually had riffs, that would be a good name for them. Uh, periphery that is. But um, so well, we can make a cat themed riffing band and it'd be P U R R R I F F E R Y. It's dude, let's do, that's our gimmick metal band. Where the where the cat? I hate cats too. Yeah, which is why this would be hilarious. Yeah, uh, it's like um, there was an ad that was circulating on the internet. Some woman had put this thing up on. I think it was on the Chicago Craigslist that she needed an assistant for her cat circus thing like oh. it's like legit she's like and 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 uh i sent it to several people i know who are like <laughs> annoyingly into cats yeah um but yeah so we could like do the same thing we could hire like a, a cat herder or like for, like our <laughs> our metal and magic show uh, you know how that would actually work is it's just a metal band but all of your videos are just cat videos oh so you just hire people to make yes. videos with cats for every video Dude, so all your music videos be, are cat videos, yeah, and people would be, the internet that would blow up. They wouldn't even notice because, because like, oh <laughs> yeah. You know what? Well, the other thing is, I feel like it would be funnier though, and also easier to just do it with noise music. Yeah, because like the juxtaposition of like cats like swatting hopelessly like eternally <laughs> at things with like the gigantic <laughs> storm of noise. Yeah, 
like is very like Werner Herzog like dystopian <laughs> future like <laughs> yeah. oh yeah now I want to do this oh man oh I have a noise album that's in the can I should uh... yeah. although I feel like with the periphery name I feel like it should be kind of like gent related well no that's too. what I'm saying like right. for the metal band yeah no yeah, no no yeah. the the noise thing not is not periphery right periphery right. is a touring stage show <laughs> that involves metal cats and circus acts <laughs> yeah. Well, we could somehow tie in like, uh, like, uh, you heard, uh, I think Eric mentioned that Meow the Jewels, the, oh, yeah, the yeah. latest Run the Jewels album yeah. is like a, a remix made up of like all cats. Yeah. Sounds. I listened to like 20 seconds of it. I didn't actually listen to it. I listened but, to 20 seconds of it and yeah. I was like, I don't need to hear anymore. Yeah. Cause it was one of those deals where like, um, it's like, okay, there's a gimmick. I don't care. I, I get it. But well, no, because but, it's just, for me, it's the same thing when people were like, Oh, did you see that eleven-year-old play the Mendelssohn Violin Concerto? Oh, and you're yeah, like, totally. Did it sound better than a twenty-seven-year-old? Yeah. No, but she's eleven, and I'm like, <laughs> right. Uh, okay, okay, but is the music better? Yeah. And you're like, no, but she's eleven, and you're like, no, that's not the criteria. The right. criteria <laughs> is not what, like, well, did some dude play it with his feet? Maybe. <laughs> Like, that's not what the goal. The right. goal is for the music to be good. Right. Like, when people are like, look what this guy does with two guitars. It's like, but he can't, like, play one what? of them very well. Like, <laughs> Right. But is the music good? It's the same thing with the right. Stanley Jordan thing, where, like, yeah. you see it and you're like, this is amazing. And then you listen to it and you're like, just sounds like some notes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know. Well, uh, and, and my big thing with that whole, especially, you know, young guitar players on YouTube uh, the point where I really was like, this is pointless is because that's been going on since like the late nineties. Right. Or since there's been like videos that you could send to people and say, holy shit, did you see this? And of those, and considering that's been happening for at least 20 years or so, uh, which like really well-known guitar player now started off as a kid on YouTube <laughs> playing shit at like 10 years old. Um, I know none yeah, of them. No, so in other I words, I don't know. Like it's been fairly, it should have been fairly well established that being like a child, te- like a technical prodigy yeah. is no guarantee of future like musical. Well, it, it's output. actually, it's usually the exact opposite Yeah, because even so like, even if you play legitimately difficult stuff, like people who could play like list and scrab and yeah. as children, it's almost always, they have an, an inhuman ability to parrot things. Yeah. And so then when it comes to, either making their own interpretation right so like because they continue to play classical music composed by someone else yeah they they don't really contribute anything to to the to the dialogue and when it comes to expressing them own selves through composition or something it's yeah. like it's just totally absent yeah. like yeah it just doesn't happen um you know usually the people who who are like crazy prodigies and stuff like that um that it ends up going well is like it's usually they start out playing their own stuff like it's one of those yeah. deals where because again mozart like composed symphony when he was right. seven yeah right or like um uh, like michael hirsch didn't do it as a child like he he started playing music very late in life but again it was like he did composition at the same time that he was learning piano yeah, yeah. um and and yeah, and it's same deal. Like with guitar, it's weird because there's no standard rep. Um, yeah. But yeah, right. No, it's it's one of these deals where, right? If you're being a, being a good player and writing music are 
very different things. Yeah, like the only time where it was truly like, oh, you play guitar fast, like here's your career, is like in the 80s. 80s. And that's exactly what like killed it too. Is right. Everyone's just like, well, who cares? Like everybody right. can like right. shred everybody now. Everybody can shred, right. So you who know? gives a fuck? Let's, uh, let's get all sensitive and, uh, and really appreciate how bad it is to be like a, a privileged white person in the 90s. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> college music. That's right. how we got so college, we got college music. music. Uh, and, and that's how we know that, you know, 311 was an inside job. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and, uh, well, I mean, I'm convinced, but they need to investigate 311. Right. right. They need to investigate it. But I mean, you know, after they legalize ranch. <laughs> yeah, priorities. That's the, the priorities. Priority, right. Uh, but yeah, so... Uh, so this was all what Symphony X related. Yeah, um, well, I, I I went to another show this weekend. That was pretty. Oh amazing. yeah, we did. Okay, so we at least need to mention that we stayed. Oh, to for try to yeah. right, which was a horrible mistake. Yeah, uh, it was. We waited I, like twenty minutes for the changeover. That, I, that was my fault. Well, you I don't wanted, blame, no, you, I don't wanted blame to you. Leave. No, you because, were like my plan had been to leave. Well, I've had. I I mean, I've had the same inclination in other situations it was just i know that i so don't care about overkill yeah. that i knew i was gonna be, they were gonna come out and just be like thrash 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 and i was gonna be like that's overkill <laughs> that's 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 what they sound like all right but you never know maybe he's gonna come out with a mask and right, a cape right. no, and, and, and a and, cat and, right. a, and a sword in this particular scenario <laughs> i bet on not worth it but we stayed and checked it out and I don't know. It was yeah. I was like, well, I figured we'll watch two songs and then we can talk about yeah. it. And but no, it, right? It was exactly what we'd expect. Yeah. Um. But what? I mean, whatever. If you're into thrash, like, oh yeah, no, it they were probably good, good if you like Overkill. But it's you know, it's just like yeah, I you know, I heard it in the '80s. Yeah. Because I was alive back then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Overkill hasn't really changed. Um. But that's what you're into. Also, you can't see this tour because that was the last show of the tour. Yeah, so, right. uh, but we also weren't exactly pithy. I mean, Sanctuary was good, and Symphony X, if you like their new stuff. Right. If you like their new stuff, prepare to sing along. Yeah. If but, you like the new album, oh, but good they, for you. It's pretty terrible. Yeah. But I don't know why you like their new album because. Also, if you like pageantry, if you like Phantom of the <laughs> yeah, Opera. Yeah. If you like pageantry, if you feel like there aren't <laughs> enough masks in Symphony X up to this point, like you feel like the whole mask theme, really, you've been waiting for it to like come through and work its way into the live show. Well, this is your tour. Yeah. They deliver. Yeah. They deliver on this one. Uh, so, yeah. So, anyway, uh, so this Saturday, this is so great. I went to see Artificial Brain play in Astoria. Uh, now, okay, the main reason I went was because this band, this Boston band, Swarm of Eyes, was on the bill, and it's actually one of my old students. It's his band, and they're pretty all right. But the this was so weird because I'd never been to this place before. This is this place called Gussie's, hmm. okay? And it's like all, you take the N all the way to the end, all right? Oh, yeah. And then you walk north, like towards like the power plant or whatever uh-huh. the thing is, and it's like a block from from the power plant. Okay, this bar is amazing. Wait, is this in in, uh, in Queens? In a story? Right? Yeah. Oh, I think I've been there. Okay, I think I saw somebody there well, once. I will describe it to yeah. you, and you will know very quickly whether or not you've been in this bar before. <laughs> it is a bar with no taps. It is cash only. And there are free Cheetos on the bar. <laughs> oh man. Okay. The, the the stage. So it's like it's very small. It's a narrow long bar. 
the the back area like where there's the stage they have some swirly lights and a disco ball they don't have like stage lights they don't have like cans or, or like a spotlight it's literally like the lights you would see at a high school dance okay <laughs> uh, um so it, uh and then on the wall like back by the stage there are guitars okay because like there's a sign that says live music every Friday and Saturday night. So you're like, okay, cool. Like they're, you know, they're keeping, they're keeping it alive. Right. Yeah. So there's guitars. There's also swords. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, okay, well, they have metal bands. That's cool. Um, but yeah, so it was super weird because it was basically this, they served like bottled beer and they served liquor in like plastic cups. Um, so that was so that was that was weird. And then one other like to random note, this isn't really like I, I don't know that this says a lot about the bar. It's just something I noticed that I thought was funny. They had this picture of like it was like a group of people and it said like Gussie's uh, pool champion. There's no pool table at the bar, so I'm not really sure like <laughs> like uh, maybe they have a pool team and they go play other places. I don't know. It was it was weird. I, I I'm pretty sure it's the place I, I I was before because looking at it on the map, it's what I, it's like where Queens ends. Right, basically. that's what yeah, I'm saying. You get there and you're like, this better be it because <laughs> there's nothing else. Right. And the neighborhood near it too, you're just like, I don't want to wander around in this neighborhood. Oh, it's a totally it's a classic Queens. So I used to live in in Queens, and it's a classic Queens neighborhood where buildings have um so like so the sidewalk right is one kind of um you know concrete hmm. and. There, will, there are buildings where the front has, it's fenced in, but it's not like a garden or anything. It's, like, it's that same concrete, yeah. right? Where you're like, okay. <laughs> because it's like, if you have small children, I understand like you maybe you want to have a gate like so that the kids don't get out. But like to play on the concrete? Like, I, like I, I'm really confused. Um, but whatever. <laughs> Queens is Queens is weird. Yeah. I I lived I only lived in Queens for like nine months. Um so okay, so I showed up super early because I thought Swarm Eyes were gonna go on first. Well, they thought they were gonna go on first. But then the lineup got all turned around because like one of the bands dropped off and then like some other band came on and one dude was in two of the bands. So his he his bands played first and last. So because he's the vocalist. So his first band, uh, the first band that played was this band called Buckshot Facelift. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was so, okay, it was so weird. So my comment, my overall comment about them was structure be damned. Because it was basically <laughs> just like formless death metal. And they were almost blurcore. Like the songs are really short. Um, and after every song, the dude said, thanks. <laughs> and we're like, no one clapped, bro. Like, I don't know. Oh, okay. So, and so here, here, here were some of their, um, here are their, uh, some of their song titles, uh, colossal meat smorgasbord. Uh, and then, oh, and then this was my, I don't know if my favorite's probably not the right term. <laughs> it was called burn the baby raper and i was like wait are these guys juggalos like because that sounds like a horrorcore song yeah um so so i was like 
so then so actually burn the baby raper was earlier and that's when i was like are they juggalos and then they were like colossal meet smorgasbord and i was like so they are juggalos (laughs) um but yeah they they only had one song that had like a coherent riff discernible sections and harmonies like the rest was just like blur core death metal it was super it was super weird they were really bad so then the next band was called scalpel and they were like the replacement band and it was like they were on a tour from like boston to south carolina and they actually they just like didn't have a gig for today and when this other band dropped off they like found out and got on so these guys were really technical like the bass player had a fretless bass and he was playing an axe effects um they were very competent players but again like you you like their songs were indistinguishable from one another uh and they had this weird setup where so the bass player stood in the middle at first i thought they might have been like a core band or something because he like had like had hair that he looked like he just woke up and he was wearing like a flannel shirt and he had gauges uh they weren't huge though um but then they were like this technical death metal band but they had the one dude screamed and the other dude growled but they were the two guitar players on either end of the stage (laughs) so the bass player who just plays bass stood in the middle and then it was it was really weird um uh they go oh yeah and at one point they were like hey give it up for a buckshot facelift yeah i mean if you weren't here you missed it and like isn't that sort of the universal case? Like, if you weren't there, you missed it? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, and then, so then they had, they had weird song to do. They had, one was called The Stink. One was called Methods to Delusion, and I was like, I was like, of madness? <laughs> um, oh, and then they go, okay, and then this song, this had the dumbest title, but there was a, there was like a speech about it. He goes, this next one goes out, to the smokers in the crowd if you're coughing up some bullshit you know what i'm talking about or then you know what this one's about it's called lung butter (laughs) i was like all right so your pointless songs have pointless names too great yeah um okay so that was awful okay so then swarm eyes played and they're not comically bad they're they're just they're so they actually their songs are discernible from one another Mm. and they have sections um, and they have like riffs that you can follow, but they're just like a totally like straight up metal band. It's one of those dudes where they're like, yeah, like we want to have a metal band and you're like mission accomplished, <laughs> but like, they're not, they're not bad, but I would never tell anyone like, Hey, you need to go listen to this band. <laughs> yeah. They're like super generic. Okay. So then, um, so then gray skies fallen who are a New York city. Like if you look them up, they claim to be like a progressive something or other, no, they're like a bad doom band. Like, um, because so, okay, so it's sort of like they would be like a second tier doom band, right? Like one of those, like, because you don't have to be into doom to listen to Candlemass or Solitude Eternus because it's just like they're so awesome. Yeah. But then there are those bands like November's Doom where like only people who are into doom metal like listen to them. But these guys are like third tier because their <laughs> lyrics are so just fucking stupid like they sound like you wrote them in eighth grade because you're like that sounds like <laughs> like evil doomy stuff you're like this yeah. is so bad uh. um so that i pretty much tuned out for that it's because uh my buddy my buddy trent showed up because the headliner artificial brain 
they're from Long Island and like Trent's from Long Island and like he went to um he went to uh high school with all these guys and so during their set I started like Trent uh Trent's always up for a discussion about pro wrestling <laughs> so okay, so I was telling him about some funny stuff and um I and this this is relevant later um i told him about we mentioned it remember the nagurabungit episode <laughs> yeah i was like yeah. there's that girl wearing like the undertaker oh shirt. yeah 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 so i was like telling him about that um okay so then so then artificial brain goes on and the dude so the buckshot facelift guy like comes up and he's the singer again and first of all like he has this crazy long island accent like just crazy thick and uh he's wearing sunglasses and i was like what what is with this like first russell allen and for people who don't know i actually have this thing about sunglasses inside because first of all sunglasses at night is like my favorite rip off everything (laughs) from every other song song but secondly um so i'm like uh i'm actually way more into mma than i am pro wrestling and uh there's a statistically significant thing for betting where um, if you wear sunglasses indoors at the weigh-ins, you you will lose. You're almost guaranteed to <laughs> really? lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, man, right. that's interesting. No, the other one, uh, the other one is uh, whoever has more tattoo coverage is is oh, more likely to yeah. lose. But the but but that one's like so that one's statistically significant. It's like fifty six percent. But like um. But the sunglasses one is like ninety percent. Like it's like it's like it's a very it's a very strong indicator. Um, so so he's wearing sunglasses, and I'm like oh, Russ Allen, and like all this stuff. But then but then I noticed like they had uh, they had a band, but not like the not like the I have a band for my glasses kind of like you know like a glasses chain, like a you know like you're in chemistry lab kind of band, okay. And then halfway through the set, he goes, like, he goes to look at the set list. And he goes, I can't read it because my goggles are fogged up. <laughs> and I was like, oh, they're goggles. And then, so I actually went, I went and looked this up online. He guess he wears them all the time. Because, like, artificial brain, it's part of these, like, it's, like, supposed to be, like, this futuristic thing. Oh. Like, I wear a But he doesn't have a costume. It's not like it's not like he's wearing like some futuristic. It's, just, shit. it's like just goggles. he's like he's like here's my t-shirt and my goggles. and my thematically correct goggles. Yes. Yeah. So so now the thing about this band is so they're part of this whole like New York City scronk thing, right? Like dystrophy, Piron, Gigon, um, and I guess Goreguts is like half a New York City band now. Um, and I guess Colin I think produced one of their albums or something. The thing is, so they're they're really technical, and like actually, as far as scrock bands go, like I actually prefer the way that they play to the way, say, like New Gorguts is. But um, but the vocals are awful because it he so he alternates between unintelligible Cookie Monster and unintelligible Shrieking, and and neither of them are like are like good it's like it's not like it's not like i don't know i've actually i've never heard cookie monster where i was like i don't care that i don't understand this because it sounds cool like it sounds like crap and the the shrieking sounds like crap too so so i was just like okay whatever but i've been there for hours so i'm like i'm like okay whatever 
And then, so I stay for the whole set, and there's this one bit of banner. He goes, he's like, I know some of you in Scalpel are into bluegrass. Do any of you fish? And they were like, right. And they're like, no. And he's like, well, we got a thing in Long Island about this. Uh, This song is called Worm Harvester. And you're just like, uh, so that sounds futuristic. (laughs) (laughs) And like a thing somebody else in this room understands, maybe like that's a lot of like, hey, so uh, you some of you guys in that other band who are here. Because that's what we care about as far as our audience goes, is the people who are in the other <laughs> yeah, bands. Well, that was most, most of the audience. Important. I mean, right, it's because, most of the no, audience, because, but it's also be, the most important part the, of the audience. that bar is really small. Right, right. There were like 30 people there, but there were like five metal bands, which each all had five people. So, so you have 20 other people. Right. So it's at capacity before you let anybody no, in. Well, no, but here's the, but here's the <laughs> weird thing. There were actually 10 women there. Oh, really? Yeah, and the, and the female bartender. So there was 11. Um, but I only saw nine of them. Because you want to know who the tenth woman was? Who? Gigi. And, oh yeah. But despite the fact that, like, so she texted me before she came. But I didn't. I got, like I said, I got there super early because I thought some of my eyes were going over. I didn't have reception. So I leave the show and I have this text from Gigi that's like, "Hey, are you going to Artificial Brain later?" And I text her back. I was like, "Yeah, I went. Like, sorry, I didn't have reception." I'm like, "I'm like, I hope you." didn't decide to not go because i didn't get back to you or something yeah because we hadn't talked about it Liz, we hadn't like planned on going together or anything and and she doesn't write back so the next day i text her like question mark and she writes oh hey like yeah, yeah, yeah uh she's like did you go i'm like i'm like yeah and she's like oh she's like yeah you know i was there for artificial brain i'm like um no (laughs) i'm like because me and trent were there and i'm like and i was i said was sitting at the bar and trent was like up by the stage and she was like oh yeah i didn't go by the bar like i I was like in the middle back and i'm like no you can't not go by the bar because the the, the, like you walk in the door you're at the this place is tiny i'm like yeah are you sure you went to the artificial brain show and she's like oh yeah yeah, i totally went she's like she's like i just didn't see you guys she's like but i had to like leave before i just got there for them then i had to leave before their set was over and i was like i'm still not convinced you went (laughs) to this show because she like because Gigi, Gigi grew up in new york and it's hilarious because she can't navigate her way around Manhattan. I'm like, there's no, it's a grid <laughs> yeah. with it is numbered sequentially. Like it doesn't, like you don't need to know where you are or where you're going. You look yeah. up, the process for navigating New York is as follows. For any of you who are afraid of like coming to New York because you think it's so intimidating. Here's how you navigate New York, folks. So you look up at the intersection that you are at and there will be a street number and an avenue number. And then you, whether or not the avenue number is even or odd, right, tells you which way the traffic goes, whether it's north or south. So then you observe the way the traffic is going and you know which way is north. And now you know how to get where you're going. <laughs> yeah. Because the avenues go down as you go east and the streets go down as you go south. So it's like, uh, yeah. So so I was like, I was like, man, I bet Gigi's like at some other bar, like, and like just happens to have a metal show. And she thinks she said an artificial brain show, but she swears she was there, yeah. even though it was the tiniest bar ever. And neither Trent oh, nor wow. I saw her. Okay. So then, so then Trent and I leave the show 
and I'm going home and he's going uh, to like some goth club. And so we're both we both are getting on the end to go towards Manhattan. And since it's the end of the line, right, they do that thing where the, the train cars just are just sitting there. Right. And then it tells you like which one is next. And some people like sit on the sit in the train. Some people sit on the platform, whatever. And so we we walk all the way down the platform, like to get in the lead car. And there's this girl sitting, um, you know, on the platform, on this bench, whatever. And we walk by and, and then I wait till we get on the train. And it was like, hey, Trent, remember how I told you about that girl, the Negrobunga Negro show with Undertaker shirt? I'm like, that was her. <laughs> like, she wasn't, it's not like she went to this other metal show. She yeah. wasn't at the show. She <laughs> just randomly, this girl I just told a story about was on. And I was like, I, I'm like, but the thing was, like, I was like, I thought she was messed up at that show. I'm like, I don't think she recognized me. I like, so yeah. I was like, so I was, it was just, it was so funny. I was like, Whoa. what are the odds? <laughs> it was so weird. Um, but yeah, that, yeah, that whole thing was. The whole thing was weird, but Gussie's Gussie's keeps it real. If you have yeah. a crappy metal band and you want to play a show, yeah, live music every Friday and Saturday night. I saw I saw Shinobi Ninja there. Oh yeah, uh, and when? Uh, man, it must be like last year. I want to say it was like last winter or fall because it was. I think it was cold. But I I, I, rem- <laughs> I partially really narrow it down. No, but I partially remember it because again I was like looking for this place, and then you're basically like, I guess that's it because everything else ends here like this is where civilization ends so there's the bar and it was also memorable because uh this dude patrick who worked at sam ash lived like down the street from it at the time and so i saw him there i didn't think shinobi ninja was a thing he would go to but i think he just like just was at the bar just goes to all kinds of shows yeah because he's just like down the street no and it was funny because there was this point where uh some people walked in uh, like earlier in the night and again like i said there were like 10 10 women there which proportionally that's like a third of the crowd like if, yeah. actually if you adjust for band members then it's like that was like, the, like more <laughs> women than dudes actually uh um and these people walked in and i was like man these girls are really cute for a metal show and the next time i looked around they were gone i think they were just I, they like to just were looking for a bar to drink in yeah. and then they were like Oh, it's a metal I show. There's a metal show going on uh, here. N- no, maybe, maybe let's go a little further. Like, they were probably live down the street and they're like, well, first let's try this one because, you know, it's like. It's right here. In stumbling distance. And then they're like, yeah, maybe not. So. Oh, and the other thing was that he wasn't even sitting at the bar. He was sitting outside when I got there. Oh, yeah. Like, a lot of people were hanging outside smoking and yeah. he was just like sitting like next to the entrance and like drinking a beer and just sitting there like. And I was like, uh, hi, Patrick. Uh,. Are you going to the same show I'm going to? I mean, you must be because there's nothing else for like a mile. (laughs) But yeah, it was pretty random. But it was a good show. I like Shinobi Ninja. I don't know if you've heard of them. No. They're this, uh, they're like, uh, I partially know them because two of them, these two twins, Mike and Dave Machinist, uh, they both went to UW and they're from New York. Madison. Uh, Yeah, but they went to UW. Not Washington. Right. Because I was watching the UW Seattle football game. At, at the Artificial Brain show. That's oh, okay. what I'm sitting at the right. bar watching him well, that's the lose though, right? to Stanford. Is that Washington is UW yeah. and Wisconsin is UW. 
Oh. We, we say the whole letter. <laughs> I, I'd be like, you W. Actually, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> but yeah, so so uh, my old band played a show with their old band. I like their new band much better than their old band, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then when I moved to New York, I uh, somehow became friends with them on Facebook. And it was like, oh, they have this new band called Shinobi Ninja. Their old band was like rap metal like the worst version of rap metal and their new band is like the best version of rap metal that i've heard thus far because it's like it's more like old school rap and old school metal oh okay. so like basically uh it, it's it's not like uh every terrible band from the 90s right no in fact it's way more like there's way more obvious like i think anyways like 80s i mean here's what i think happened okay because uh this is from my perspective now i may be vastly skewing this story because i'm again telling it from my perspective so uh and on the off chance that they actually see this on facebook and listen to this episode or something uh so i didn't remember this until i went and actually saw them in new york which took me like five years right (laughs) i moved to new york and it i didn't like anyone who i didn't already have regular contact with yeah i'm still catching up on people who i know in new york who i should have like hit up by now and been like hey remember how we know each other uh so i I know this dude on facebook he he you know he invites me to their gig but you know everyone invites everyone to their gigs so you don't assume it's personal unless they like message you or like hey dude you coming to this thing but one time he actually did that. He messaged me like, hey, man, it's been forever. Uh, you know, it'd be great if you came out to this show. We should catch up. And I We're was like, pack the place because it holds 20. Right. And I, but I was but my thing, I was like, uh, are, are we friends? And I didn't know it. Like, I mean, not Facebook, but like I met him at a show that we played. But like I was like. So are you actually like intentionally trying to get me to like, yeah, right. I mean, uh, but again, I'm still kind of like, okay, but also you're probably just good at promoting your band, you right. know, yeah. like it's a good, for, a really good way to get people to come to your show is like, Hey man, it would really mean a lot to me if you came to our show and then say that to every human you can. That, that's, that's where I went wrong. I never said that to anyone. Right. I mean, like you can uh, show up or just drink later, right. which is what I, well, cause I, which is my thing too, because I want to, I'm, I'm more like, Hey, you know, especially if you're like a person I'm genuinely friends with, I'm like, it would be cool if you wanted to see my band, but if you don't like, we'll, st- we'll still be friends. Like, right. It's totally well, well, not I was like, this music is super dissonant and violent and <laughs> yeah. you probably will hate it. Yeah. If you want to come, that's cool. But no, but the, the other funny thing is like when friends of mine, like would come to my shows and like think they're like oh yeah whatever and then and then like uh one time like dory hid in the bathroom for like those i was like why didn't you just go out front yeah she was like well because in the bathroom it was sort of like a, a listenable volume just <laughs> <laughs> like ah uh, like, so yeah. anyway so uh okay so so I finally was like, you know, I really want to, I mean, I was also honestly, I wanted to talk to the dude because they seem to be doing a very good job without like a label or yeah. major represent. I mean, they have some deals. They have like a deal with monster cable and I was going to uh, say energy drink, but uh, or the, definitely or the cable, getting a job website. But, right. No, no, like the cables, but either way, like any of the, but, yeah. but I mean, but energy drink would be honestly financially even better because oh, yeah. those dudes, well, like, they, they do motocross and MMA. Yeah. So like that. So dude, that would be some. It's right in the cash grab zone. Yeah. I think they did like a tour or a show that had something to do with monsters. Because I remember being like, "Wait, you got two monsters? Oh, like <laughs> they might they might have had a festival? Did they? Yeah. 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 No, they did. Well, like I think a, they, they're like, involved like, in they mayhem. Like a, right. Like that. Like a warp tour kind of thing. Right. Yeah. I think they're involved in mayhem. It, maybe that's 
okay. their tour. Which the one that I, I almost went to. Natalie would know. I almost went to that because King Diamond was on it, but now oh, yeah. I'm glad I didn't because he's going to do Abigail. But uh, I don't have to see other bands or be outside. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so Shinobi Ninja. So I finally went to one of their shows because he messaged me. I'm like, oh, man, I, I feel like such a day. I've been meaning to go see him. I honestly didn't really. I'd heard a little bit of their stuff online, and I definitely thought, like, okay, this is more palatable than, like, the old band the guy was in. But it turns out I liked it way more. So I went and saw him, and, and here was my test, right? I'm like, does this dude actually remember me, or did they just, like, promote well? Yeah. So I say hey to him after the show, and he was like, dude, you came to the show. And I'm like, you remember me? <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> feel like you should. Uh, but it turns out, like, he remembered us playing that show together. And apparently oh. after the show, he was like, like, who do you listen to? And so I listed a bunch of, like, like wanky guitar stuff like dream theater or whatever yeah. and he went and, and listened, listened to, to it. it and now he's like Let's i mean you know he's yeah. still not like you know busting out like michael romeo solos during like uh, like a hip-hop song but it's like way more like there's riffs occasionally yeah. and he does play like some solos and stuff and so i was like and so it was way more of like this version of like hip-hop and metal together i was like oh this is kind of okay and fun and they have some actually very good songs mm -hmm. in that kind of style so uh do they play new york often they do and they okay. actually do a lot of like small the only reason they don't is sometimes they go out of town and they have like well yeah you got no that's stuff. a problem a lot of new york bands think like like oh well where are we gonna play like that be better than new york and then they never get, like that was the, like i don't remember hung ever playing a show outside new york city area and yeah all went on to do other things yeah, yeah like you know um yeah you gotta like tour and stuff yeah well yeah these guys like they got they 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 got on a fuse thing like i don't know what a show on fuse is called sure but they were on one and talked you know so promotion and uh i'm trying to think what the other thing was um i mean you know they got a lot of uh good opening spots locally and stuff um but Oh, the other thing is that they they have I don't know if they own it or just are involved. I think they are in some way uh, own or run a studio uh, mm. in like the east side, uh, you know, one of these kind of smaller yeah. uh, ones. But I mean, you know, I've talked to them about, you know, doing some stuff there at some point, too. So if I need a studio to just go and like like record real drums and stuff, that might be. Right. And one of the other guys there, like on the website for the studio uh clearly does like prog stuff like his own stuff oh, is like yeah. super dream theatery oh. and so i was like oh so if you guys <laughs> like so if i tell you what i'm going for you'll kind of get the like you, yeah so like uh and like the main thing was that like their drums i mean i'm not surprised because one of the two they're, they're twin brothers okay one of them's a guitar player and the other one's a drummer mm -hmm. and the drummer also uh this is part of my other just random like six degrees of separation with these guys uh one of my roommates in college, Michael, who was a keyboard player, and we were supposed to, you know, start the greatest prog band ever for a minute. And then he started playing with uh, the University of Wisconsin show choir. Okay. And, uh, and then it was like, okay, that's cool. Like, so you can do that for like a year or something. And then we'll like start this fucking awesome prog band. He's like, yeah. And then he like stayed in it for like four years. Oh. And just like the rest of his college was just like playing with this show choir. And this other dude, Dave Machinist, was the drummer for that show choir. Mm. And uh, I don't think they like were friends or anything or oh. got along. And he was like, oh, whatever. but I was like, whatever, man. And then I, you know, saw these dudes in New York and I was like, oh, hey. And they're like, yeah, we actually remember. So I was like, maybe I'm like indirectly responsible for the fact that I like their newer band <laughs> because, a lot more than their old they're band. they're influenced by things I told them to be influenced <laughs> right. by. I was like, what? 
that's crazy. Usually people say, what do you listen to? And then I just assume that I say a bunch of names they've never heard of and they go, okay, thanks. And then that's yeah. the end of it. But right. they actually like listen to some stuff. So that's cool. But anyway, uh, so yeah, cool. maybe someday I'll tell someone to listen to Scriabin and they will. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that I'll, day. I'll listen to Scriabin. <laughs> that, that I'll listen to it. I listen to stuff you mentioned sometimes. That's the show. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you liked it, please subscribe on iTunes or yourmusicisbad.com. Uh, also, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the one true Matt. And if you got fighting words for us, uh, send them to hate mail at yourmusicisbad.com. Or if you have nice words, you can send them there too. So until next time, this is Matt with my patented, patented catchphrase. I'm turning it off now.